Come quietly or there will be trouble. Ah, oh, fuck you! Everybody, you there? Yeah, man. All right, cool. We're recording, man. We're there. I cool. apologize. I apologize for the um, the lateness. So. Oh no, it's all right. It's it's not late over here. It's uh, oh, I forget that every time. It's afternoon. <laughs> the world is round. It is definitely round. <laughs> it's, but it it, it feels. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a flat earther, are you? Oh hell no! Man. No, um, <laughs> it still trips people out to this day. Like, like, so what is it over there? What time is it? Yeah, uh, ten o'clock at night. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's not well, bad. Um, I guess this is pretty. Um, it's pretty like technologically advanced, really, doing oh, an yeah. intercontinental podcast. I agree. I totally agree, man. That's why I think it's uh, that's kind of what makes the ball corner uh, makes the world go around. I think because we get all kinds of different people on the show from all different areas. I'm thinking about getting a friend from uh, from London on the show here pretty soon. So we'll see how that works out. Oh man, yeah, I remember. Um, I know, probably won't go into it, but you were saying you wanted me on before, but you just couldn't figure it out. Like, but I understand, yeah. you know, like to do it with someone from a whole the other side of the globe, it's pretty hard to get it to work. 
Well, not you know, it, it, it's it's a little difficult, but I think um, I, you know, I was kind of telling you the other night that I'm I'm trying to make Cabal more of a, a focused show, so um, this is not going to be the last time you're going to be on the show, obviously. So we're going to have, we're, I think what we're going to do from here on out is a lot of more mix matching. So like you know, yeah, have you on the show, then maybe next time we'll have like. Uh, you and Cornelius on the show, or you know me and Slagoff, and you on the show, whatever. You kind of mix it up. Like I think next week, uh, I believe yeah. next Friday, next Friday we got planned. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Rayhall will be on the show. We're gonna, it's gonna be me, Patsy, oh, yeah. me, Patsy, and Cornelius gonna be talking about the first three uh, Planet of the Apes films, the first original. Oh, Matt, yeah. I love those movies. Me too, man. I just um. This year, I just bought the full box set. Oh, and um, I had I had the new ones on Blu-ray. All right. Um, Surprising how good they are, like those old ones. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Ah, shit. I was just saying, surprising how good they are. The old ones, like um, they sort of trail off a bit. Oh yeah, with each movie, but then I think the last one comes back and it's pretty good. I see. I was telling I think that was called, uh, called Battle. I, I see. I haven't seen that one. I, I was telling Patrick. I was asking Patrick what he wanted. What he wanted to do for a theme or a series of films he wanted to do the other night. He's like, "Let's do Planet of the Apes." I'm like, "Cool." I've seen the first three of the original ones. I've seen the remake and I've seen the first two of the remakes. So I'm like, all right, cool, but I haven't yeah. seen all I haven't seen all the Plenty of Apes films, so you know. Yeah. I don't um, have I don't have the kind sorry, of man, but oh, hang on, I think I figured it out. Your um, your voice was just really um low. I couldn't quite hear. You there? Move around a little bit. You hear me? Yeah. Hang on. I'll, what I'm gonna I might put you on speaker. And then see if that works better. Walk outside. See if walk outside works better. How's that? You hear me all right? Yeah, yeah. All good, man. Walk Sorry, out. that was my fault. Walk outside. Maybe but yeah, you were outside. talking about uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I, yeah, well, um, it would be cool to hear Pat talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's why I wanted to get him on the show. I wanted wanted to get more people on the show and kind of like, you know, make shit up and, you know, just kind of stir the pot a little bit, get more people on the show and stuff and try to still have, like, the the original guys on the show, like the Slagoff and Cornelius. So I'm just trying to do that, you know, the majority of the time and then try to bring in, like, you and then try to mix it up with you and Patsy or bring in my buddy Jeff like that, you know, maybe trying to get Stephanie Wiley on the show. Trying to get, I want to get yeah. Mars. I want to get Mars on the show really bad, so I'm trying to get Mars on here and talk to Mars and stuff like that. So, and get Raven Shadow. Yeah. I think we have two episodes we do with Raven Shadow. Get Raven Shadow back on the show and stuff. He's a really super cool dude. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, um, he he makes me laugh. So he's like, oh, he's the best dude. He's just got that cool <laughs> style. Like he always dresses up and. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I was talking to um, Patrick Rayhall on Facebook a bit about uh, Planet of the Apes films. Like, 
I'm surprised yeah. how good the second one is. You know, like uh, underground New York. Mm-hmm. Um, all those big sets they built. Oh yeah, it, it looks still looks really good. Definitely, man. I think I think um, underneath Planet of the Ages. Well, underneath Planet of the Ages is my favorite of the Planet of the Ages films. I mean, for by far. Yeah. And because, uh, like, kind of like you're saying, like these sets are awesome. It's just such an awesome fucking um, uh, film, cinematic, cinematically, and everything. It's just a really cool flick, and you still have uh, Taylor in there. You know, Charles Hesson's character, which is cool, and it's just a, it's just a, yeah. a bad. Like they're all worshiping that fucking nuke or whatever it is. It's really cool and stuff. I just love that look a lot. It's awesome. Hmm. I still remember. Um... When I was like a teenager, just watching late night TV and Planet of the Apes came on. And yeah. I watched it like without, I didn't know the spoiler, like the twist ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it just blew me away, man, you know. Oh, yeah. One of the best, best endings to a movie ever. I totally agree, man. It's one, it's one of the best. It's in that top what top fifty, top one hundred best fucking endings to a flick ever, man. It just it blows you. It's like another Charles Heston flick that I just watched this year. Uh, Soiling Green. Soiling Green has one of the best endings to oh. any flick I've ever seen, dude. It's incredible. I love that movie. I love. It's one of the best sci-fi flicks ever made, dude. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's. Oh, they were talking about remaking it like a couple years ago. But never oh, really happened. I'm glad. But I, I think it's <laughs> such an interesting idea. Like, even though it's it's you know it sucks remaking classics, but I mean, look at the Planet of the Apes movies; they're Ooh. pretty good. Yeah, it's such a great idea. I think um, they could maybe do something special with it. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But I think the reason why Soul and Green is so great is because Soul and Green is such a um, it's such a product of its time, you know that mid '70s sort of feel, that mid '70s, yeah. that mid '70s. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, where everything's where everything's pretty much a downer. You know, it's got all these downer endings yeah. and everything. It's very surreal and and it's right. like uh, got a real environmental uh, message. Yeah, for sure. Like environmentalism and that. Yeah. You know, serving yeah, and, the environment. Yeah, and everything is just like just the idea of it. there's like no there's basically no TV in it. There's no nothing on the TV. Um, it's mostly just it's the movie. I think has no soundtrack. There's no music in it. Um, really? Yeah, I don't. I don't. There's only there's only music at the beginning of the movie and music at the end of the movie. Everything else is quiet. It's all quiet. There's no music, so it's very. Subtle and, and and disturbing because of how you know realistic they're trying to make it, and I think it comes across really well oh, yeah. because it's a really brutal. I think it's a pretty brutal flick, man. Especially when you get to the ending and everything. What's I mean, doing? yeah, yeah. Like for them to to taste the steak, and it's like, I think the old man he cries like when he's eating that food. Just you haven't oh, even eaten yeah. proper food for years. Like it's so good, yeah. And um, I want to say, like, uh, the one scene in the movie where, um, I don't mean, I try not to, I don't know why, but I, I, want to, I don't want to spoil things when I talk about movies, but the scene where there's a character that's 
sacrifices themselves and they're like watching a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, the one where he comes in I and agree. he's watching the movie of the old nature and that. Oh, it's amazing. I think that's one of the most emotional and beautiful scenes in any movie ever made. I agree. You know? uh, I think his name is, what's his name? Edward G. Robinson, I think his name is. Um, I, I Rings think the bell. A, yeah. I, think it's a, I think he played, I think he was like the original Scarface. I could be wrong about that, but yeah, he, that was his last role with Soul and Green, and that scene of him watching all the nature and everything is so powerful because you get, not only do you yeah. have him, not only do you have him watching all those scenes, but you have Charleston Heston in the in the foreground behind like a couple of panes of glass, just like freaking out. He's like, yeah. he's, going, he's like he's, he's killing himself. He's gonna die, and he's like losing his shit. And then once he actually gets in contact with them, he's just like, let it go. Like this is where I want to be. I want to be here. And he's just mm. helpless. It helps us at the moment. And just, it's, just, like, it's great. The idea that the older people are sort of, they're doing that so that there's more resources and they're like yeah. giving themselves up for the younger generation. It's just, uh, you know, very affecting. It's super effective. Again, emotional when I watch that, you know. Oh, I agree. I definitely agree, man. I mean, just the, you know, dystopian flicks, are always so, well, I wouldn't say always, but for the most part, they're always pretty great because they always have a pretty strong underlying message to them. Um, you know, that's kind of why I like yeah. That's why I love The Road Warrior so much. That's why it's, why it's my favorite movie. It's my favorite movie because they had an underlying message. You have all these crazy fucking characters and shit. And, but, but for me, when I watch The Road Warrior, uh, the underlying theme is hope. And it's it's forgiveness, yeah. and uh, you know, at, w- once you get to the end and you see Max there standing next to that tanker, and he's watching the sand come out of the fuel tank, and it's and he's he looks up at uh, what's his name, Papa. I, looks like he looks like Mick Jagger. Yeah, he yeah. Looks, he looks up at him, and he just smiles. He just knows that you know this is all for a good cause. These people were able to get mm. out of there, and I did something right, you know. In my, you know, it's, that's how I look at Mad Max. That's why he's my favorite, my favorite cinematic character because he's he's sort of a Robin Hood, even though he might be yeah. like a he, he's like a uh, uh, he's like uncon- un- a unconventional, huh? Mm. Sort of like a rogue. Because um, I done uh, I did a film, little film course when I was doing some study. Years ago, yeah, and the, you know they were talking about um, John Campbell's idea of uh, what is it, the hero's journey? Yeah, how they did that in Star Wars. Yeah, or like one of those archetypes is like the rogue, which is Han Solo. Like we done it in relation to Star Wars, but he's sort of okay. like the the tough guy. He's a bit of a warrior, but you know he might um, he could be good or bad, like. It, it depends on the situation. So, like, yeah. when Han Solo, he says, oh, I'm out of here, but then he comes back and helps them, and they do the Death Star run, that sort of Agreed. thing. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like characters like that, and I think it's why Max is, like, the best character, because he just kind of 
finds himself in these situations where he ends up helping large groups of people reach safety. He's just surviving, getting another another tank of gas. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's my favorite, man. That's why he's the he's the yeah. best character because he's um you know that Yeah, he he's the best man. I mean I, even in Fury Road, at the end of Fury Road, I mean, with Tom Hardy just giving the just giving that nod to Charlie Theron, yeah, she's going up on the lift. Like it's all you need. It's him giving the nod. Like you, you're going to make it. You're going to live. And this is mm-hmm. how it's, how life's going to be for you. You're going to make it, and you're going to live on. That's that's what Max, that's what Max is. Max is like, I I couldn't yeah. do it, but um, somehow I always find myself in these situations where. Certain civilizations, basically, well, what could turn into civilizations could turn out to be these great people, and I'm glad to be here for this few seconds to make things worthwhile. And that's what he does. Mm. I love Fury Road, man. Oh, um, I love Fury Road so much, dude. So, like, um, I think I I was in a perfect position to watch it because I'd watched Mad Max growing up as a kid. Me too, yeah. But I had watched them for, like, years and probably forgot a bit about them. And I was like, I went to see it mm. sort of fresh. I just heard, I heard they're saying, this new Mad Max is unbelievable, this movie. I said, oh, yeah. it'll be all right. You know, I went there, seen it. <laughs> yeah. I had a little bit of, um, I had a couple of, you know, um, jazz cigarettes, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> a lot. A lot of them, you know. This was a couple of years ago before I had my new job, and I'm I'm being a good boy now. But um, yeah, so I went there, and I just from the first fucking sound when the, you know, I was just blown away. I was on the edge of my seat, and I was actually the only person in the cinema because it was in the daytime. And yeah, me too. Like the sound was turned up really loud. I was just oh yeah, oh it's like. Probably one of my best cinema experiences ever. But um, what I wanted to say to you was, uh, I took my brother to see it too, and he's not, he's like really not into like genre stuff. Like he likes something that's real. Like he doesn't watch horror, sci-fi or anything. And he, yeah. <laughs> he, he actually walked out of it and said, what was that shit? <laughs> I said, man, he said it was like far-fetched, but I was trying to explain to him is actually... I don't think there's nothing really far-fetched in it in terms of being a dystopian future. Like, yeah, I agree there's no advanced technology. It's just people trying to survive, and it's just cars and gas, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think... I think People get the, fucked up. Yeah, they get fucked up. I think, I, and I think that there's one thing that every country has that will probably... <sighs> It'll probably survive until you know civilization civilization dies and restarts again. Is the cult? Cults will always be around, yeah. and you know the cult in Fury Road is is legitimate. I mean, if a person somehow is able to brainwash all these people into thinking that he's some sort of god and give oh, give, give water, yeah. um, you know that's yeah. that's. That's a that's a you know look at like um, what's his name um, in Jonestown, you know got all these people together and killed all these people in Jonestown because they all believe that he was going to take them somewhere, yeah. 
he's he's able to make them drink all this Kool-Aid and kill them all, you know, or like you say, even like Scientology. Scientology is a joke, but it's a cult, and people believe that they sign they sign a they sign a billion they sign a billion year contract. Billion year contract, yeah, yeah. It's it's insane. I'll tell you what, but they are interesting. Those those Scientologists. It's interesting story if you're looking at. Like you know, he wrote more words than any other human being. Like he had. He made encyclopedias of, of Scientology uh, policies and all this and oh. controlled everything from the top down, like every little part of the organization. And he had, he had like, all different organizations. Yeah. Uh, apparently, probably was a pedophile, too. Um, well, I never heard, I never, well, he did have what they, what he called the messengers, which were, like, uh, young uh, girls mess, you know, sending messages that he would give to them, but I never heard too much of the sexual harassment in the group. It was more about money because L. Ron Hubbard was more about money. So every every yeah. every like couple of months, or whatever, when the government caught up to him, he would like escape. He would flee and, and hide somewhere for a long period of time. And uh, oh, yeah, hide, they couldn't get him. Yeah, they couldn't get him, man. And he just died of—I think he died of cardiac arrest or some shit like that. I don't know. He, he's a bad yeah. dude. He wasn't a good dude. But you know, it's—it's it's just like you know, Morton Joe. You know, he was a—he was a bad guy. And um, you know, Morton Joe was—he's um, a cult leader, and everybody believed him. So it's very, yeah. very similar. It's—it's it's a, it's a weird sort of not—not not even American, but like just world sort of. Uh, I don't know, world culture that we all have where mm. we all believe, you know, once someone is desperate enough, they believe in this one certain person and, and fall in line with that person and, and become part of this cult. And uh, it, yeah. it's something I that, mean, people, I want, people want something to believe in, you know, like to well, sort yeah. of just make, make life more simplified, you know, have a sort For of sure. a... A lot of cults and that, they give you a moral code, which, you know, life's always uh, shades of grey, but it sort of puts it into more black and white. You know, you can do this, you can't do that. Sort yeah. Of thing. yeah. And it's just, um, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird sort of sad thing when, you know, these certain people come out eventually and say, like, you know, I was brainwashed or whatever, and and uh, you know, I should I should have known better. But you know, some certain people, you know, they just know better than others. You know, for me, I would never believe in a cult. I mean, I, you know, uh, there's plenty of them now that I just you know I, I've just chosen I've chosen myself to believe in myself. And believe in, in certain people around me to make me a better person, and uh, that's what I rather that's what I rather choose than than some crazy fuck who rather believe in money or virgins or any of that kind of crazy yeah. shit. I just like to believe in myself and the, the good people around me than some yeah. fucking guy who I have I've never met before, you know. So mm. it's a weird thing. I um I sort of believe in. Uh... I have my own sort of belief in, um, you know, there's something out there, but I just sort of believe in instincts, like your gut 
your gut, um, what you feel in your gut. Yeah. And uh, also, sometimes you might get a sign or this and that, but anyway, let's not get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't I talk will... religion and politics. <laughs> <laughs> I will Especially you... these days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you, though, man, before we get off that and try to go into our kind of our main topic of, of of the show, I will tell you that yeah. for a long time I did not believe in anything. But recently I've kind yeah. of come to a realization that they're, um, it's not the God of the Bible, because well, I choose not to believe yeah. in that God, but I do believe that there possibly is something out there that's, yeah. That's good. That's good, and that's waiting for us. Me you know, too. You know, once we die, we'll, we'll get to see our dads again because there's just no mm-hmm. way that we can't see our dads again. You know, I would just be too cruel to live through this life and not see yeah. the people that we get that we've grown up and loved and cherished and respected and got um, you know all of our ideals from. So I, I choose to believe yeah. that there's something out there. And it's not the the God, like I said, not the God of the Bible, but just what we personally believe in. Something is out there. Yeah, I'm I'm fully with you there, man. Like I've had a few things happen to me, or, um, but like just when I really needed help, like when I was most fucked up in my life, and yeah, I asked for it, and then some sort of things just come out of nowhere. But I mean. I don't want to like preach that to people, and everyone no, has their own man. beliefs. Yeah. 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 I, 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 you were just saying, man. I, I don't think I've learned. At all. I've learned that over the years. <laughs> yeah. yeah so have I. The people off sometimes. So have I, man. Don't trust me. I believe. I, I totally understand what you're saying. Um. Mm. But um. All right. Well, so we're we're going to be talking about uh, Dark City and RoboCop and. Most probably some other shit too. So, uh, what do you want to jump into first? Yeah. Want to jump into RoboCop first? Or you want to jump into Dark City first? Um, what about Dark City? Because I just sure. watched it. And uh, yeah, sorry too, about that, too. man. No, no, not at all, dude. I went to not drive home last night, and my friggin' um, the lights were going on my car. I'm like. I was, I was driving down the road. I said, fuck that, done a U-turn and turned back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It was and I slept dark, at my mum's. Yeah. yeah, I totally get it. It's totally fine, man. I watched that um, I watched that probably just an hour and a half. Uh, well, probably it's closer to two hours. I watched it probably two hours before you did, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but okay. um, so, so what, what, what's – I think the, the year is 1998. When Dark when Dark City came out, um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see real, real fast. I got the I got the disc here. Um. Yeah. Oh, well, while you're looking at that, I got ninety eight. Yeah. Um. I remember it was one of the first movies made when they made the new film studio in Sydney. Oh wow! I think it's Fox Studios or something. And I remember as a young fella seeing on the news that there was a report, um, no, it was like a current affairs show, um, of, they showed some of the sets of this movie, and they were saying, we can't, this, we've got this guy in here, he's a genius, he's making this movie, which is just, we can't believe how good it is, it's on another level, um, yeah. this is going to blow everyone away, 
but then and then I was you know eagerly looking forward to it and it didn't make as big a splash as they thought but you know still absolute masterpiece yeah I agree I, it's um it's probably it's weird on on my disc I think you have the same disc I have um it's weird I've never seen a disc with a commentary by Roger Ebert um, oh yeah, it's very surprising. I, I've never seen that in any movie that I have that I've ever owned. I've never seen a commentary by Roger Ebert on it, and it's surprising to me that Roger Ebert became a part of this special features on Dark Dark yeah. City, and wow. he did a commentary on it, which is pretty awesome. So, so he loves it. Yeah, he dug it quite a bit actually. Um, so yeah, I would recommend going out there and watching. Uh, oh reading the article that Roger Ebert put out. He actually really dug the flick. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and I think for great reasons, I think Dark, Dark City is a movie that's not talked about very often, which is surprising to me because, you know, it's directed by Alex Porteous. Alex Porteous' first movie, I think, was The Crow, which is one of my favorite movies ever made. And this is his second yeah. movie. And you can really feel that that Alec Proyas feel. Okay, that maybe um, maybe it's a bit too dense for people. Like there's so much going on. Yeah, I remember watching it the first time I watched it. I was a little bit overwhelmed, but yeah, it's so great, man. Um, like, can I just ask? Do you have the director's cut? No, I just have that re- that regular theatrical cut. Yeah. So well, that might be cool because um, I was looking up. I wanted to look up the cast before, yeah. And they were saying how um, in the director's cut they take away the opening narration. Oh wow! Okay. Where he sort of explained. They explained. Um, he sort of says the strangers came and they were. I forget it. You know, like um, just sort yeah, of set up the world. Yeah, but and, before they. It would have been. It would have been better to let the let the story introduce that, you know. Yeah. Which was his original idea. The studio made him add on the narration. Yeah, that makes sense. It would, they don't trust mm. the audience at all. They gotta they gotta explain. They gotta explain something. Even though I do like the introduction, but I like it better not being introduced and let, letting us figure it all out. I like that more. But I mean, you're yeah. right. It would be way more dense if we did not get that introduction because the introduction actually gives you quite a bit. It almost kind of spoils the movie. Yeah, there's there's a lot of spoilers in it. Yeah. um, But, you know, this movie's an hour and 51 minutes long, and there's a lot going on in this movie. movie, I don't don't think this movie really stops, dude. I think it goes and keeps going. Uh for an hour and 51 minutes. Yeah, another thing they said on, um, I think it was on IMDb, they said this has one of the highest number of cuts per minute. They edit every two two seconds. Oh, wow. But it's still still easy to, it's just going from one character to the other. It's still easy to follow. You know, it's not one of those hyper, fast-cutting movies. Yeah. It's not like disjointed, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, but you, I think you can still really tell if you if you pay. I've noticed it a little bit tonight when I was watching it. You can really you can tell at times that it is pretty fast cut, especially with like scenes when you first when they first introduced like William Hurt and he's in his apartment playing the accordion and it's like a real fast cut to like a picture of an older a younger woman on his on his mantle and back to him playing the accordions. Like you don't really understand that. You think maybe it's just some sort of artistic flourish but it's a weird cut it's very odd because it's it's too fast i mean even the stuff where rufus sewell is basically he's trying to figure out what the j for in the first he remember his first name all i know is that it's j and it's it's weirdly cut um and kind of like you know he's like you know what's you know what's my name jeff jack you know whatever jacob Jeffrey, all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's over, and a janitor looking at him, a street sweeper looking at him, and he kind of walks away from that. It's a really weird scene because it's so quickly cut together. Even though I think it's still awesome, this movie is still, for me at least, this movie is definitely a masterpiece to me. I think think Alice Porius was able to still pull it all together and make a really concise Awesome fucking sci-fi noir. Uh, yes, crime noir. It's sort of like this movie should be what The Matrix is like. It should have been as popular as that. There's, sure, there's some similarities yeah. there for sure. You know, I'm sure people have brought that up before. And oh, um, they said on one uh, on IMDb, it said that it's actually sold sold some of the sets to the uh, Matrix. Thing, like when they were running along the roof, yeah, like, on the set of Dark City. Wow. Okay. So it came first, you know. Yeah, yeah. That that totally makes sense. That that there's definitely scenes, especially especially that one scene where it's close to the beginning of the movie where you kind of, they, that camera kind of slowly pans into that window, that oval window, into where um, Rufus yeah. Sewell is in that tub, and it's very Matrix like. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I can totally see that the Matrix would take some of the sets uh, for the scene. Because even, like, the Wachowskis even stole, in my opinion, they actually stole a lot of the visuals from Alex Poyas. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of visuals from Alex Poyas in the Matrix, for sure. For sure, man. And you know what else I thought watching it? Um, it reminded me um, a lot of a Terry Gilliam movie. Oh Just, yeah, definitely, um, dude. Definitely. Like Twelve Monkeys and Brazil, sort of just oh, this man. massive world, and there's like attention to detail on every yeah. little thing, you know. Oh, dude. Yeah, you're you're definitely spot on with it. With definitely with Twelve Monkeys for sure. I I felt the same way. I mean, the whole um, underground with the strangers and that whole like face opening up into a clock. That's a very Terry Gilliam. Uh, yeah, mm. I definitely felt that. I mean, even the, I mean, well, the suits that the strangers wear also really reminded me of some sort of Cenobite shit too from like Hellraiser. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's interesting. The you know they I think uh, one of the characters. Bruce Spence the characters, is one of those guys too. Sorry. No, no, no. It's cool. Um, one of the characters, uh, the main. I think one of the main strangers, uh, Mister Book. I think his name the guy who played Riff Raff. Yeah. And um yeah. you know, Rock and Roll Picture Show. 
I think he is um, – he's very much <laughs> – I mean, just for me at least. He's very much a, a Terry Gilliam character. Um, mm. Yeah, there's 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 a lot. Of, I agree. There's a lot of Terry Gilliam in this flick, man. I mean, just the yeah. You bring up you bring up Twelve Monkeys, man. There's a lot of Twelve Monkeys in this flick for sure. I I, I can totally see that for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know which one came first, but that's one of my favorite flicks too. But yeah. Anyway. Me too, well, I, I think I think uh, Twelve Monkeys actually came first because this came out in '98. I don't think that Twelve Monkeys was very far behind this movie. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like the world building thing where that it spins around and those buildings are coming up through the floor. Like oh yeah, the, just the the visuals of all that and the underground is like. It's amazing for the time, you know. It's oh, it's great. It's really well done. I was blown away by it, then. I was thinking, I wish I had the Blu-ray. Me too. I was thinking the same thing. I had the regular DVD, so yeah. yeah. That scene where yeah. um, that, that couple uh, pass out um, at their dinner table, and then when uh, Kiefer Sutherland comes in and kind of imprints them, um, and the table like expands, and you see like certain like dishes. Um, yeah, visual, it just sort of materialized. Yeah, it's all. It looks amazing. Like like all the, I was surprised that a lot of the special effects, the CGI and stuff, really holds up really well. And yeah. um, it was so cool to see Bruce Spence, man. Bruce Spence is in here. It's awesome. I always love to see Bruce Spence. Cool to see him yeah. all the time. I've seen, I've seen a few Australian actors in there. Um, oh, okay. Melissa George, the, um, the prostitute that he was supposed to um, murder, but he doesn't because he wasn't imprinted. That's Melissa George. Um, she was in. She was in a- Alias. You know the. You know the one. Yeah. She was yeah. in Alias or one of those shows. I didn't know it was Melissa um, George. Yeah. Wow. That's she's young. Yeah, she's really young. Yeah. yeah, she used to be in a in a soapy when I was growing up, and I always had a crush on her. You know, yeah, I can see why. Um, it's very attractive. One of the strangers is um, David Wenham from okay. um, he was in Three Hundred, and oh. he's done a few movies. I think he he might have been in. Um, oh, I'm not sure, but he might have been in uh, what's that Dracula one, Van Helsing. Oh, the, the Hugh Jackman, Stephen Summers. Yeah. Maybe? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I might be wrong on that. And then Colin Frills, but he's just uh, you wouldn't know him. He's an Australian actor. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. No, for Haven't me, done I. Many movies. For me, I just noticed Bruce Spence because you know, obviously, I'm a. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mad actor. He, he's such a he's such a good, he's got a he's such a unique look to him too, and he's always great. So it's cool to see him. <laughs> in, it's always cool to see him in anything, man. The gyro cop, the gyro captain. It's always great to see him. So, um, I I like the idea of, and I like that that Proteus is able to do this really well, 
the idea that, you know, um, Rufus Sewell wakes up, he gets dressed, he goes downstairs, they have the hotel manager there who hotel manager that wakes up. Um, he eventually gets taken and put to sleep by the strangers and you eventually see him at a newsstand. And you get to notice yeah. all these people that um that you've seen before but put into different positions in this world. Different roles. Yeah, different mm. roles and stuff. I think it's really super well done. Because um, yeah. it's not, it's like. He says, how long you been there? I said, yeah. oh, I've been here 25 years. It's incredible. I, I, I love that idea. And the idea that, well, maybe not the idea, but the, the craftsmanship of Alex Porius, where you get just the right amount of time with that hotel manager where you actually do recognize him and you're able to recognize him later on in the flick. And you actually get to see Rufus Sewell also recognize him at the same time, too, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, another thing I noticed when um, at the start of the movie, when he first wakes up, um, it's like this guy is like the ultimate lost soul, sort of. He's in a, you know, he hasn't got, he's not, he hasn't got any memories. He's like, yeah. you know, you know, like big maze of a city which changes around, yeah. and you know, he, he doesn't know who he is. And um, and then he walks out. One of the first things he does, he knocks over that goldfish bowl, yeah, and um, and he picks it up, and that's sort of like a symbolic of what they're doing. Like they've got humans, like in a little goldfish bowl, this little world they've created to agreed uh, to watch them. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a nice yeah. little touch. Like, this is one of those dense movies that uh, film students could watch over and over and just pick out little things and, you know. Oh, um, I totally agree, man. I, I didn't even notice that. That's awesome how you pointed that out. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's like, what? um... I was saying, like, there was, like, little details on IMDb that there was... His room is six fourteen, and it was sort of some some quote about a blind man wandering in the in the darkness or something like that. You know, put in all those details like Stanley Kubrick uh, likes to do. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a, a hint a hint of that for sure in this flick. Um, how do you feel about um, John Hurt in this movie? Um, William Hurt, is it? Yeah, William Hurt, I'm sorry, William Hurt. Yeah, oh, okay, I just got, I thought, was he in it? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> Yeah, William Hurt. Yeah, sorry. he's great, man, like, he's an, another character that, where they all sort of know something's not right, but they can just sort of almost feel it, and maybe because he's a detective... He helps him to figure things out, and then you see what happens to his character, um, his fate at the end. Oh it's, man! It gives you that great, great shot of um, the out, you know, the city from the outside. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he played a good part, man. I probably need to watch this. Like, it's so dense. I need to watch it two or three or ten times to 
really soak everything in, you know? Yeah, because I think it moves really fast. Um, yeah. Especially for a movie that's almost two hours long, I think it moves really fast. Like, it, maybe, maybe sometimes it's too quick, but it mm. never, sto- it never stops. It never stops. attention. Yeah, it's, 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 um, you know, I watched it you know, a couple hours ago and I, I, I things are coming back to me pretty quickly, but one of the biggest things that came back to me, one of the biggest things that came back to me was that, like, I forgot how quickly the movie moves. I mean, once, once Rufus Sewell wakes yeah. up and, and everything, it, it just keeps going. It never really stops. I mean, Kiefer Sutherland's always there in the background. He's always explaining certain things. And, I mean, you have Jennifer Connelly there trying to figure out what's going on with her husband, Rita Sewell, and yeah. you have a stranger. And, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it's, I think all the actors and the actresses and everything are just, are fantastic in their roles, and they all play it really well. And the idea is a great, I think a pretty great science fiction classic idea. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, um, well, it's one of the best movies, science fiction movies I've seen, I think. No, I agree with you, man. I, mean, I remember, like, even the denseness of the ideas. I remember watching it when, when I was, you know, 18 or something. I, I can't remember. I think I might have seen it at the film, at the cinema. Yeah. But I couldn't quite get it all, to, like, you know, I couldn't quite absorb it all then, but going back now, it's just, it's great, you know. Um, yeah. So, let me ask you something, man. Like, do you think there's sort of like a bit of a message in there at all? Or like, in the overall theme? Well, yeah, I think it's a pretty simple message. Um, but I think one of the one of the greatest things that cinema can do and, and cinema writers can can think of a simple plot, a simple message, and create this awesome, almost sometimes otherworldly um, sort of surrounding to the flick. I mean, yeah. for me, uh, watching the movie. And, you know, watching Rufus Sewell constantly try to get to uh, Shell Beach, that's that's where he's trying to get to. He's trying to get to his happiness. Um, and, you know, yeah. for most for most people uh, in certain situations, the world is pretty dark. And, um, mm. you know, they're, they're constantly trying to find the brightness at the end of the tunnel. They're trying to find that sort of clear... Yeah, yeah they're trying to find that clear sort of... Uh, ending to the life, trying to you know, like me and you were talking about the other night, trying to you know, we're we're older now, and trying we're 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 just now trying to figure out what we trying to figure out where we can be in life, to where we can kind of calm down, try to f- let things go, yeah. try to figure things out, and I think that's one of the biggest um, uh, sort of plot summaries, I guess you could say, or plot through lines to the movie. Is that you know 
Yeah. We can all get there. You're trying, you to, find, you're trying to find your shell beach. Yeah, you're trying to find your yeah, shell your beach. Happiness and, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's that's a cool thing. I mean, like, like I'll throw out like Alien. You know, Alien is a pretty simple movie, but um, you know, um, they were able to figure out how to make this incredible concept around a simple plot. And I think that's what they did. Oh, with yeah. our, what they did with Dark City, they just took this really simple plot, but were able to surround it with this really interesting, all these interesting through lines and threads and characters and make it something really cool. And, um, yeah, I, I think that um, Dark City has a lot to say. I think I think that the simplest uh, things to say are the most powerful. And um, yeah. I think, and, I think um, that... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, well, I mean... I guess are we talk, can we talk spoilers or not? What do you what do you think? Well, once I once Should I post or? once I post this um, uh, episode, I'll, I'll I'll put in spoilers. I'll say there's spoilers in this episode. So go, we can go ahead. Go. Okay. Well, it is an old movie, but I guess the the movie really sort of sums up the message um, right at the end. You know, with the the line. Just excuse me for a sec. Sorry, man. I'm just having a no, couple beers. It's okay. Um, I'm having a couple beers too. So, yeah. Um, what, did, what did he say? Like, um, oh man, he wanted to know. He said that guy comes back. Uh, one of the phenobites or whatever he called them, strangers. <laughs> strangers, yeah. And he said, yeah. He said you wanted to know us. What makes us human? Because they're like they're like a group mind. Type of people, yeah. They don't, of they don't have individuality. And he said, "You will look." Points at his head. You're looking up here, and you're looking in the wrong place. Yeah. And he walks out to basically have a nice walk on the beach with his girl. Yeah. And yeah. Now, I mean, so we were talking about great endings before. This has got to be up there with one of the greats as well, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they don't say it, but it's obviously, you know. They're looking in the wrong, looking in the head, but they should have been looking in the heart. Oh yeah, I agree. That, that, mm-hmm. That's that's one of the biggest, you know, biggest things with these. It's almost a classic sort of uh, trope, is that um, certain species from certain, you know, di- certain different di- dimensions like that, they they roll through Earth and think that everything is going to be simple and they can go straight to the brain, straight to the mind. But um, they never understand yeah. what actually makes a person human, and uh, some people would mm. say it's the soul, and some person would some people would say it's uh, what comes from the heart. And uh, you know, for me, it comes from the heart. And um, yeah, they're looking they're looking in the wrong place the whole time. And once once Rufus Sewell creates creates Shell Beach, um, and the yeah. sun fl- the sun flows in over the entire city, you know. You have what's his name from Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of slink away. He's terrified of the light, and he wants I mean, to be. Yeah. Go ahead. How beautiful is that? Like as a, just as a, a visual um, sort of tone, the whole movie's been dark, yeah. and then to have this final, final, um, you know, um, catharsis of the brightness coming back 
into the city, you know? I think it's beautiful. I mean, water, even water alone, you don't see very much water in the movie, and you see him just flow all this water outside of this uh, sort of, I don't even know what you call it, just sort of like a platform. And you see all this water oh, flow yeah, out. Like and floating and, in space. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really cool. It's a really cool idea. I mean, the only, the only thing I can think of that's sort of similar is probably the I think the, I think it's the first episode of Twilight Zone where this character uh, this guy who's an astronaut uh, ends up um, training for traveling to the moon and he's in a deprivation tank sort of thing and is able to create his own world in his own mind and eventually they pull him out at the end of the uh, after the end of the episode, and he, he realizes that he's been in the deprivation tank for like something like over fifty something hours. So it's, it's yeah. for me, it's like it kind of, I kind of, it's something kind of like that. It's such an original idea, and I, I'm still surprised that you know people don't. I don't hear too much, too many people talk about Dark City very often because it's such a cool idea, original idea. It, it's it's the the tone of it is awesome. The score is amazing. The acting is great. The special effects still hold up, and the atmosphere yep. is just so strong. Um, and it's got a great message. I mean, again, like we were saying, it's it's a simple message, but a message that's on a very basic human level is Dark City. And yeah, and also like it's played out through the movie. And built up to, and then it all comes together right at the end. Yeah. So, like, exactly. he's trying to find the edge of that world. It's sort of similar to the Truman Show. You know? Oh, sure, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. For but sure. um, he's just trying to escape this complete mind fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it, 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 yeah. It, another sort of symbol, symbolic thing is where William Hurt. Uh, or John Hurt or whatever, um, and, and Rufus Seymour breaking through that brick wall, and, and Akiva Sutherland's like, don't do that. But they're basically breaking, you know, throw back to the doors. They're breaking on through the other side, and they're breaking yeah. on through the truth, and you get to see what's actually outside of the city, which is basically nothing. So yeah. it's, it's I mean, pretty I'm, incredible. That's a great, um, great twist. You just see space. Yeah, it's it's. Mm. I, I I like when uh, that character uh, from Rock the Horror Picture Show says that um, we were able to we saw when Rufus Sewell has him on top of that rooftop and he's got Rufus Sewell's got that knife to his face and he's like you know what are you and he's like we taken all of the different all the different time elements of your Earth you know past present future and added them on here just to learn all about you. It's so cool because mm. it's so weird. Because like you watch the movie, a lot of the characters dress like fifties, like forties or fifties sort of detective characters, like a, like a Philip Marlowe. Yeah. And then you have like yeah. people I'll driving, yeah, people driving around like thirties vehicles, and all of a sudden you got like people driving around eighties uh, cars, and you got these like fifties yeah. like buses, like uh, tr- uh, bu- transit buses, and you got certain. Certain diners, and you have you know Jennifer Connelly, who's like this 
um, you know, jazz club singer and stuff. It's it's very incredible what the the ideas and sort of genres they took from. They threw that Alex Proyas threw into this movie because I think it's really really well done. Mm. I'm a, I just had a flashback. Um, like those guys uh, when they just opened that film studio in Sydney, and yeah. um. They, what happened was they had uh, had um, some American built like carpenters to work on film sets, and they were teaching the Australian guys. They're saying this is we're built to build the sets, and they were like, you know, this it, is building, but it's a different kind of building. And they were all blown away by this. What they're, they're saying, wait till you see this movie. We, we can't believe what we're making in here. You know? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's, um... It's incredible. I mean, I I didn't know they get, they they filmed some of it and they created some of it in uh, you know, in Sydney. It's really incredible because they were able to make a lot of fantastic <clears throat> ideals ideas and transfer them onto screen because there's some really great model work in this movie. A lot of great oh yeah, model they must work. have had great miniatures. Yeah, right. yeah, and. I mean, I don't know for sure, but like 1998, I don't know how many people are doing models still, but I mean, it's pretty incredible that, you know, Alex Porius was still pulling for the whole model work situation. Yeah. Uh, because I know, and, um, I, I know no, recently... I was, oh, sorry, buddy, go ahead. Yeah, uh, that's that international time lag thing. Anyway, um, I've seen <laughs> yeah. some parts of Sydney in the, in the movie too that I recognise, like underneath yeah. bridges and that sort of thing. That but they just added some extra, you know, surface on top of the old buildings and that. That was pretty cool. Oh shit! That's awesome. That is awesome. Hmm. Yeah. So um, you want to get on to RoboCop, man? Yeah. Uh, what, what, what would you um? What would you hit with the rating for um, for Dark City out of uh, out of five? What's your rating for it? Oh, uh, definitely five for sure, man. Definitely. Okay, cool. Just, uh, if you're in any way sci-fi fan, you need to see this movie. Yeah, I agree with you full wholeheartedly, man. I mean, Dark City you is need to buy the, this movie. Yeah. I, I need to see the director's cut. Honestly, I have not seen the director's cut. People have told me the director's cut amazing, so I'm I'm kind of falling behind on this because I need to watch the director's cut. So yeah, for sure, I've got to get that Blu-ray. Yeah, on, it's on the list. Yeah, I mean, it's on my list too. All I got is that old. Uh, I think Corny Corny sent me like a, a bunch of DVDs that he was gonna get rid of. And he was trying to update to Blu-ray. And one of the movies that I got was, the one of the movies he sent me was Dark City. So I got the old, like, New Line Cinema uh, disc. So awesome. there's, there's not a lot on there, but it's pretty cool to see, like, Robert Ebert. Roger Ebert do, like, commentary and shit. It's pretty cool. So um, yeah. I, I do want to mention one thing since we're talking about models. Did you watch? I recommend yeah. this highly to you, man. Go to YouTube and watch uh, some of the making of uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, oh yeah, that director uh, Villeneuve. 
I think his name is Villeneuve, Danny Villeneuve. Actually, a lot of the cityscape is modeled, and um, you can actually yeah, watch all the model making, which is really incredible. You don't, you don't get to see that anymore, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just physical, you know, just physical stuff. It just looks, shows up so much better. Always. I agree. I agree, man, I, totally. That's my... um. That's my movie of the year so far. I still sure. haven't seen it, sadly. Man. I, I, I want to see it so bad. You know, Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I still haven't been to see Blade Runner 2049 yet. So, oh, uh, well, you better uh, hurry up, man. It's going to be gone soon. Yeah, I know. It's going to be gone soon. So, um, All right, so, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and move on to Robocop. Uh, another, I think, even more of a classic fucking sci-fi action uh, flick. Uh, yeah. Real Genre mashup. Yeah. Uh, uh, full of, um, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, fuck, I can't remember the word right now. That's <laughs> the word. Um, fuck well, it. Fuck, yeah, fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> fuck it. Um, you know, directed by... Uh, Paul Verhoeven. This is this is Verhoeven's first American directed flick. Before this, he directed uh, several uh, Swedish films, which I've heard are really great. Never seen them yet. Oh, I, I, haven't seen I didn't any know of that. Yeah, I haven't, seen, yeah I haven't seen any of the Swedish flicks. I've heard a lot of the. I think it's, I think he did three Swedish flicks before he got to RoboCop. Yeah. And the only reason he did RoboCop is because his wife said there's an actual story here. So, um, yeah. yeah, let's get into RoboCop. Uh, we'll start with, um, you know, kind of like what me and you were talking about last night. Uh, yeah, how did you first see RoboCop? Oh, okay. <laughs> so this is a good one, man. Well, I just looked, I couldn't believe, I looked it up yesterday. I said, you know, when did Australia, uh, RoboCop come out in Australia? Mm-hmm. Uh, September 1987, because my dad is great. He was a great guy, you know. But yeah, he was my he was my movie guy, my movie buddy. You know, we used to go see everything together at the movies. And that's what's great about uh, this whole Facebook family fucking podcasting thing. Where I've met all these movie savages, fucking like you guys. Is it sort of yeah. fills a hole? Yeah, it fills a hole for me, which is it's it's lacking now. You know, I don't have any movie buddy that. Oh, well, I do have one guy that I I work with, but mm-hmm. I don't have anyone that mm-hmm. I can that talk on this level about movies with. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, he used to he used to see everything, but sometimes, and uh, God rest his soul, uh. He could be a fucking idiot. <laughs> like with, with what movies that he showed me, for instance, yeah. like I think when I was about ten years old, he showed me Toxic Avenger, um, oh, and yeah, he took me to the movies. <laughs> so I would have been seven years old, and I went to the cinema and seen RoboCop. Yeah, um, and I remember, I really enjoyed it, but it fucking traumatized me too. The um the brutal scene where he gets his hand blown off oh, and then the next shot blows the rest of his arm off. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's like one of the most brutal 
scenes in all of cinema. Oh, and see, I don't remember much about it, but I remember from seeing the trailer, it just looked like fucking this is our kind of thing. This is incredible, you know. And so we went and seen it, but Dad didn't take notice of the R-rated, ultra-violent, <laughs> whatever thing. Yeah. And the other thing I remember is the, the guy coming out of the toxic waste um, oh, when his skin is melting and everything. And he gets yeah. a meal, that's it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> it's probably, I like it's probably, it. It's probably my favourite line of the movie. just makes me laugh. But yeah. uh, And then he gets run over. And I remember as a kid, sort of, I'm just watching it. I'm not knowing. I'm not really following. Oh, this is the bad guy. This is the good guy. And uh, I remember feeling sorry for him. I'm like, oh, look, he's all melting. His fingers are melting off. I'm like, oh, that poor man, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't. I didn't know that could happen to people. Like, things could suck me up a bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck yeah, dude. That's all I remember. Well, yeah, well, I, I remember loving Robocop, and he's such a cool character. Well, oh, yeah. He's a, he's a complex character, man. That's what that's what makes him... Um, you know, that's what makes Murphy so great, is that uh, he's, he's a complex character. He, he gets basically killed in a way, and they're able to transfer yeah. him into this sort of cybernetic sort of body, this shell, robotic mm-hmm. shell, and, and create uh, this <clears throat> future of law enforcement, quote unquote. Yeah. But um, he's still having past memories of his wife and his child. Uh, and I think you even, even get some more of that Robocop, too. Uh, at least the first half of Robocop, so you get some more of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, which is, I think Robocop has got one of the best lines uh, when his wife comes to see him and she touches his face and he says, they made this to remember him. Mm. Like his skin on his face, which is a really oh, great yeah. line. Really great line and she kind of freaks out and leaves and stuff. But yeah, Robocop, um, I saw Robocop when I was probably 10 years old. Oh, sorry. I, oh, really? Hey, can I just... Sorry, I, can I just say, I was just going to ask you that. Like, what's your uh, experience with it? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Like, what did it mean to you as a kid and all that? Well, I had a dad uh, that was pretty much like your dad. He did not really pay attention too much to the rating systems at all. He didn't really, <laughs> give, a, he didn't really give a shit about any of that stuff. So it was like, you know, I saw, I saw Predator when I was about 10 years old. Uh, Robocop when I was 10 years old, Die Hard. All that stuff. I saw, you know, The Thing, all that stuff when I was pretty young. You know, 10 years old was about, yeah. right, about the right time. 10 or 11 years old, I was seeing all this awesome shit that I still watch now, Total Recall, all that. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I also had a grandma um, who was also very much like that, too. She took me to see Starship Troopers and all this shit. So, you know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she was she was super cool. She was going to see Weapon 3, Weapon 4. She was very cool. She didn't give a shit about the rating system. She just, whatever whatever excited us, we wouldn't saw. So, yeah. but but I saw RoboCop. My dad, my, my parents actually both bought, they bought RoboCop. And I watched yeah. RoboCop. I snuck out. It was like 12 o'clock at night at a, at, on a Friday, right? I remember, this, mm. I remember this specifically, man. 
12 o'clock on a Friday. Everybody's asleep, right? My sister's asleep. My parents are asleep. I'm still awake. I'm watching fucking uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 on, like, the local cable <laughs> access channel, man. You know, you, you, you know, the, it was a midnight movie, dude. And Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, ends, I used and to I'm, do that, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, 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 it's cool that we all got that midnight movie channel every once in a while. Um, mm. And mine, mine was Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. So after Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 was over, I was like, well, I'm still awake. I still want to watch. I got, you know, I'm drinking like Cokes like a motherfucker. You know, I'm drinking tons of Cokes and <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm, you know, I'm sugared up and I'm ready to go. So my parents had a uh, the movie closet and I opened the closet up, turned the light on, check it check it out, see this movie called Robocop on the end label. I bring out Robocop. I've been dying to see it. I figured, hey, this is the best time to see it. Take the VHS tape yeah. out, throw it on my tape player, watch Robocop. Becomes one of my favorite fucking movies, even to this day at 32, still yeah. one of my favorite. You know, I didn't understand any of the satire and any of the commercials or any of that shit. I just, uh, under, I just understood that it was a cool fucking movie, man. Like that shit was with with email where he's like, "Oh, you're a college boy, huh? Well, you think you can dodge a bullet?" All that shit is fucking like, you know, perfect. Like all the lines, you know, fucking. You know, the uh, the dark humor in it is crazy. Oh, it's it's totally crazy, man. I mean, give me give me my fucking phone call. All this shit with fucking Clarence Boddicker. I mean, Clarence Boddicker is probably one of the best villains of any fucking movie ever, man. It's it's incredible. Um, you know, it's it's hard to say anything. So is that? Um, oh, go buddy. Yeah, sorry. Is that is that Dick Jones? Or is that the no. other guy? Um, no, see, Clarence Boddicker is the uh, sort of the lead of the gang that killed Peter Weller. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's the, know, the crime lord. you got the crime lord and the, the corporate lord. The corporate lord. You got Dick, jo- Dick Jones, and then you got, um, oh, man, uh, the guy, uh, the guy, the higher up than Dick Jones. Uh, I can't I can't remember his name all of a sudden, but yeah, yeah, the old too. man, the old man, yeah, the guy from fucking Halloween three. Uh, I can't remember his name all of a sudden, but yeah, that guy. Um, but yeah, it, it's incredible. You got fucking Miguel Ferrer, uh, being a total sleazebag, fucking corporate, fucking piece of shit, but he's awesome at it. <laughs> he's a great character. Uh, you know, Nancy Allen is an awesome. She's she's totally awesome in the movie. She's a great actress. Um, uh, Lewis? That Lewis? Yeah, Lu- yeah, Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. Um, she's and, she's beautiful, man. Oh, he's gorgeous. Nancy Allen's gorgeous, dude. I mean, blow, go go watch Blowout. Blowout. She's gorgeous in Blowout. Dressed to kill. Brian De Palma's dressed to kill. She's just gorgeous. She's gorgeous today. Even today, man, she's beautiful. Um. But um, I think this was a this was a movie that came out with the right people behind it at the right time, and it, it yeah. was a it was a blockbuster. It made it made tons of money, it made a lot of money, um, and it was very successful. As it and, yeah, which is crazy to me too because the movie is it's ultra violent. It's, it's ultra violent, dark, it's so violent. Yeah. It's caught 
corporate send it's like got a cor- consumer corporate message it's like um then it's got like a action movie sort of framework yeah 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 so like framework dystopian fucking it just all works together right yeah detroit detroit is like the ultimate dystopian fucking city you know so it's like it works perfectly for it yeah. and um you know having a a, a man made cyborg go around and just uh, continuously disrupt fucking crime is a great idea. Uh, Mixed in with goofy commercials and shit about Sunblock or the SUX 6000 or some shit like that. It's just, um, it's a perfect movie, man. I mean, you got your, like you were saying before, you got your corporate fucking big wigs and yuppies Mm. and drug dealers and cops and it's this massive war. You got, you know, all that stuff with Ed 209 and everything. I mean, it's, um, I think Robocop is probably as perfect of a movie as you can probably get. Yeah. I would say that for sure, man. Like, um, I'd say a perfect movie. It's, it's one of my favorites. I'll probably put it in the top 10 or 20. Me too. Me too. For me, like my cyborg movie is, and my favorite movie is Terminator, but mm-hmm. we won't get into that now. But, yeah, um, is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you something I noticed watching it again the other day. Yeah. But um, it's it's a bit baffling that Peter Weller hasn't had a bigger um, bigger career because you look at him, he's he's handsome, you know, like he's got the, the cheekbones, yeah. the piercing blue eyes got a great voice which I noticed like when he was before he turned into Robocop he sounded a bit like a robot when he was talking yeah so I probably agree like that. so in character he's so yeah. in the character with the Robocop that he probably didn't notice he was doing it but yeah. um he's just like a he's a movie star you know yeah I totally agree with you man I think William I think uh you know Peter Weller should have got became way bigger than he was and I think he got sort of weirdly maligned and became this sort mm. of like uh, B-movie actor. And I think he's way better than a B-movie actor. I think he's a really great actor. And, uh, yeah. you know, people... Maybe, uh, maybe he was a bit typecast with this movie being so big. I think so, too. You know, I, I don't think maybe it probably didn't help with him being in RoboCop 2 as well. But, I mean, people don't realize that what Peter Weller went through to be RoboCop. I mean, if you actually get that special disc, special edition disc and find out behind the scenes yeah. what Peter Weller actually did, you know, I'm sure like you have, but... Uh, if, I think I, I ha- I've had the Blu-ray for a, a while, but I haven't had a chance to go into the, um, you know, features. Oh, man, you got to find out, you got to watch this stuff. Because Peter Weller wearing that suit I think he can only. I think he could only wear the suit for like maybe ten minutes at a time. So wow. they, yeah, he was he would sweat so much he would fill up uh, paint paint buckets full of sweat of the because of the boots yeah. and the clothes would make him sweat so much. So he he really put a lot into. It. He actually went. He actually went and was taught by 
uh, a mime, um, this master mime, uh, to learn how to move like a robot. I mean, he really put a lot into becoming RoboCop. And, uh, I, you know, obviously, me, you're talking about it now, you know, RoboCop is over 30 years old at this point, you know, and it's it's incredible the longevity of RoboCop because uh, that that's a sort of um, uh, 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 a, a sort of establishment uh, of what RoboCop was able to do back in the mid '80s, even until now. We're, mm. just, we're, we're even still talking about, you know, I'll buy that for a dollar, and you know, I like it. All yeah. that stuff, you know, you think you can fly, Bobby? All that shit, you know, all that stuff that you know, it's in RoboCop. Um, you know, it's almost the weirdly um, uh, sort of this perfection of even yuppie scumbags before like Wall Street mm. and shit came out. I mean, but, it really yeah, it really, it's like the um, it's a real like um, uh, corporate sort of pool of sharks, or I can't think what that metaphor is, but, you know, they say, I think it's, they're talking about Dick Jones and that, that up-and-coming guy who worked on the Robocop program. I can't remember his name. But, well, Miguel, um, Miguel Ferrer played that character. I can't remember his, his character's name in the movie, but Miguel Ferrer yeah. played that character. He calls... Um, he calls Dick Jones. He's a real shark. They said, "Oh, you better watch out for him." Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just funny that, like, this sort of action movie has that in it. Like how they say that, you know, OCP is om- omni consumer products. It just shows how they were going into, you know, it's sort of um, pr- prophetic about the future that they were going into owning prisons, hospitals. <laughs> yeah. um, and then now they're running the the you know they they're trying to create that mega city and it's basically like the they're just becoming big fucking out of control conglomerations these uh, corporate things yeah and um <clears throat> I mean it, it's um you know and it's not uh, difficult to imagine that's going to happen in the future like. No, well, not at all. There might be robots going around. Hey, did you hear about um, in the, uh, in Abu Dhabi? I think is that um, I think it's in Saudi Arabia. They actually mm. have a robot mm. cop there now. No, I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, there's Jesus this one uh, goes around <laughs> and watches people and he's fine. They didn't. I didn't. I just read a little thing on it, but. Uh, it's starting to happen, man. Wow. No mm. idea. I have no idea. Yeah. But I'm not surprised either, but, though. So. Oh, no. This is um, um, something, I, something I think eventually would possibly happen in our lifetime. Um, well, it, it, I, I think it, for it, soldiers. Because well, they... Uh, they say that in the movie too that um, this is they're going to let RoboCop be the or was it Ed Ed two oh nine going to be a prototype for law enforcement and then it's going to be a military version of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I think robot soldiers might happen one day. I mean, they already got drones. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of something they try to pull off in the um, the RoboCop remake. They try to do something like that in that in that one. Yeah, which I think fails what pretty you, badly. So. so yeah, what what do you think of that movie? Uh, I did not like it <laughs> at all. Oh, uh, I'm with you there, man. I fucking hated that. You know, yeah, um, they 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 they, they missed is, the whole point, man. So yeah. Like, um, I, I remember the scene when I was watching that, and I, I think it might be from RoboCop 2, but um, I think in the new one, they had him, you know, he, he gets rebuilt, everything. Uh, yeah. But didn't he, like, he sort of straight away ended up back with his family, and he was in the family home, and that was like, you know, Dad's back, he's a robot now, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then, but in RoboCop, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they have it where he's like, he can't remember, and he's slowly going through these memories of his family. And then there's that one part where he's parked on the street, and he's, he's just looking up into the the house, and he's seeing his his wife and his kid. Yeah. And yeah, just to have a like a, a guy who's you know being changed, and he's. He's feeling like an alien now, and he's just, he's on the outside, but, like, that's so much more powerful than what the remake did, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, in in the original, they, the, the, the wife is, is told that he's dead. So it's mm. way more powerful that way. I mean, he's, he's rolling back to the house that's empty now. They, the last time he remembered the house was full. And it was full of these great memories. You know, he had that memory of them dressing up for like Halloween or whatever. And um, yeah, it's 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 way more powerful that way. Um, you know, but, you know, but that's it's a lot of remakes though, man. A lot of remakes they just cannot capture the power uh, that most of the that the originals do have. So it's it's a, it's, it's yeah. I think RoboCop the remake really missed they really missed the mark because they were just like. Okay, there's a dude in a robot suit uh, that goes around kicking ass, and it's like, well, RoboCop's not really all about that. It's way more deeper than just a robot dude going around kicking people's ass. So I think they really yeah. missed that mark, man, big time. Yeah, now nah, that was rubbish. It was total okay. rubbish. That's why there's not a RoboCop two now. You know, is it, a RoboCop trilogy, obviously, from when we grew up, but I mean, now all you have is this one RoboCop remake, and it's forgotten. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hey, what about um, Ed Two Hundred Nine? I love Ed Two Hundred Nine. It's great. (laughs) That scene, the first scene. I always, I wonder if um, that guy like. If that was meant to happen on purpose when he shoots the guy by mistake, like <laughs> how brutal is it? He, he must put it, he must put like about two thousand or two hundred bullets into that guy's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Have you noticed like sometimes it makes uh, they throw in some animal noises when it's moving oh, yeah. around? Like it sounds like a you hear a lion roaring and shit. And, oh yeah, that's a very. And when very it falls weird. down the stairs. 
it sounds like a peak squealing. It's like, peak squealing, yeah, man. Fuck yeah, dude. I totally agree with you. It, it, it's weird. Ed 209 sound effects are very reminiscent of, um, of Duel, uh, Spielberg's Duel. You know, when Spielberg's Duel came out, uh, the ending of that fucking movie, that fucking 18 wood goes up that cliff, and it sounds like a Tyrannosaurus going off a cliff. Oh, and yeah. I think oh. I think I think certain people, Verhoeven uh, for one, uh, took that idea and definitely used it for RoboCop, and they used it. You know, they used different sounds, obviously, but they took that sort of idea of this sort of um, you know mechanical sort of creature and adding weird sort of realistic sound effects to it. So. Yeah, I mean, Ed 209 is a trip, man. I mean, it sounds like a fucking squealing pig, like you say at times. And it's very much of a baby when he tries to go down the stairs. And it's like trying to it's trying to locate the next step underneath it. And they can't. And it kind of yeah. rolls down the steps. And it's crying like a fucking baby. Um, you know? It's, it's I, think, um, I think that's one of those things that, like, you hear. I, I wouldn't know where. But, like, from years ago, I remember hearing, like, well, when they have robots one day, you know, they'll be able to do everything, but how are they going to get upstairs? That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, like, I thought that will be one of their biggest hurdles in the programming and shit. But so it's just, like, little details like that, which yeah. makes it such a great movie, you know? Yeah, it, it, it kind of a finite the idea that um, this sort of technological future is not probably the best idea because you can never get to that point where uh, these certain highly technical sort of created uh, cyborgs, robots, whatever you want to call them, uh, can't even fucking walk down the stairs or walk up them. So (laughs) it's quite hilarious, man. (laughs) And I think that's the, the, the biggest part, the biggest point of Robocop. Uh, I think the biggest point of Robocop is that, um, well, listen, you know, this man, uh, you know, Murphy can be killed, sort of quasi-killed, but it's the human part of him that makes us trust him, that makes us believe in Robocop. And I think that's what yeah. we all—that's what we all sort of attach ourselves to—is is, uh, the Murphy character. Because you know, at the end, you know, uh, the 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 old man, the corporate old man of OCP, does not call him Robocop. He's asking what's his name, and uh, Peter Weller gives him the name of Murphy. And Murphy, that, yeah, yeah, which is a great fucking ending too. By the way, it's a great ending. Oh yeah, but like, but like, it gives that's, you that it, sums it, it, it all up. No. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. They say in it, they say, he's product. You know, he's a, he's a program. Yeah. yeah. I forget what it's it a, was. Um, and he's like a racist. And in the end, the it shows, yeah, they show, no, he's still that human soul. Um, yeah. I mean, I said on, um, I remember that, I said on, um, yeah, uh, uh, podcasting um, buddies, uh, the um, Throwdown Thursday. Yeah. You now they'd like to do that little fight off thing. They said, who would win out of, uh, I think Patrick, Patrick put it up, 
who would win out of Robocop and Terminator. And um, this is get, this is getting a bit nerdy now. But, you know, oh, make um, it nerdy. Make it nerdy, man. Make it. Yeah, so... And Terminator's my favourite movie, but I said it'd have to be Robocop because he's got one extra thing, which is the uh, human soul. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting, too. It's like, you know, the Terminator, you know, what they say in, in, in the first Terminator, you know, Kyle Reese is like, you know, it'll never stop. It'll never stop until you're dead. And, you know, that's yeah. a, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing. It's like, you know, Robocop is, he's got this half soul, but at the same time, Terminator is a killing machine. And Robocop obviously is not a killing machine. So it's a, it's yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting idea um, yeah. to what would kill it, kill the other because I, I don't think it's all, I in my opinion I don't think it's a fair assessment to to do a versus Robocop versus Terminator because you know Robocop obviously is way more human but at the same time you got Terminator which is a straight up killing machine but then T two it's obviously that. In T2, the T-800 has more of a soul than in the first one. Yes. So it's a weird sort of of sum up because, you know, T2 is probably one of my favorite movies ever made. I saw saw that scene with my dad, and my dad loved fucking Terminator 2, man. That was one of his favorite movies ever fucking made. Uh, So it's, it's, yeah, well, there we go, man. So it's an interesting thing, you know. The, the, the T- it's sort of. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, sorry. It's uh, no, no, no. it's same. Uh, these all both this this idea sort of um ties into Blade Runner. That you know what what is it? If we made like mechanical versions of ourselves, what is it that makes you human ultimately? Sure. And where does the the yeah. android finish and where does the human begin? Which agreed. I mean, it's just great. Interesting things for sci-fi, you know. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's, just, that's, that's what makes. Uh, Philip K. Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philip K. Dick asked that question quite a bit. That's what. That's what I think makes it so interesting. Um, that's why sci-fi is, you know, so interesting to me. It, it's it asks those human questions. It also mixed with. You know, science fiction or uh, being a scientist. It's um, you know, <clears throat> where are we going as a as a human? How, where are we going as a race of human beings? You know, where, what are we doing here? You know, what what can what can make? You know, what can what can we do when we eventually make a cyborg? Will a cyborg work on its own, or does it need uh, uh, some human elements to it? I mean, we can put all the language books comics, whatever, movies, knowledge, whatever, into a fucking cyborg where it doesn't it doesn't have the soul that we have. You know, me and you can talk on this fucking show and we can fucking laugh off of each other because we're yeah. we're 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 saying certain comments or certain fucking quotes from a movie and we both fucking immediately realize what we're talking about. You know, with a cyborg mm. can a cyborg do that? I don't fucking know. I don't think so. Yeah. So that's um, just having having laughter is one of those other things that they said um, would 
indicate, you know, that a robot has advanced enough if they could tell a joke. Yeah. You know? Um, the Terminator the, sort of gets the, there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With uh, Terminator 2. What does he say? He says, um, you only need talking him to say, hasta la vista, baby. Or you can, you can mix it up a bit. And he goes, fuck you, dickwad. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Fuck you, I love that. Fuck you, dick wife. <laughs> he puts, yeah. 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 Oh, something well, like that. No, he's, 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 he definitely says something like that. It's, it's also, you know, nothing more like, you know, you know, the Terminator picks up a fucking minigun and John Connor says, that's definitely you. And then the Terminator smiles at him. It's like he, he gets, yeah. he gets where he's coming from. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a different thing. It's like you know, in in RoboCop, where uh, Nancy yeah. or Nancy Allen calls uh, you know Peter Weller, you know um, uh, uh, Murphy or you know Robo, you know even even the short, not RoboCop, but more like Robo, or where he has to drive. You know, the the fact that he has to drive is sort of even it's 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 a sort of a compelling char- characteristic of Murphy. He's got to drive, you know. It's a sort of yeah. part. It's a sort of partner thing. It's like you know, like we've a weapon or some shit. You know, fucking Raj, all he has to drive the car. He does not trust fucking Riggs to drive the car. So it's it's um it's yeah. a human characteristic, um, in certain small certain areas of these certain char- characteristics that make yeah. a, a person a person and. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's it's weird, you know, the 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 T eight hundred from Terminator to the T eight hundred and Terminator two are so vastly fucking different characters. It's so strange yeah. because the T eight hundred from T two might get along with the fucking with RoboCop. Who knows? I don't know, but I feel like they would. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. it's a it's a weird thing because. The T eight hundred from T two seems to have a soul. You know, he he gets all yeah. of the uh, all the gimmicks and the characteristics of John Car- John Connor that you would yeah. feel like they would both get along. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's another one. They do it right at the end where he said, "I know now why you cry, but it's something I can never do." Something I can never do. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a one, great that, line, dude. It's a think, great fucking line. <laughs> When he sticks his, I like that line, but, I but, love I, but that when line. he sticks his thumb up, he sticks his thumb up at the end. That's a bit corny. <laughs> I, but I love it though. I mean, I mean, for me, oh, I yeah. mean, for me, I don't even find it corny because, like, at the same time, like, it's obvious at that moment that the Terminator gets John Connor. Like, he gets that teenager fucking characteristic. And he, he does a thumbs up because that's what kids do. He's, he's giving, he's giving yeah, the thumbs up. That's why, that's why Terminator 2 is one of the fucking best movies ever made because it's so deep. Um, it just works oh, yeah. so well. I mean, that, that, that I, I'll, I'll take, you know, that's why they can't, that's why they can't reproduce it, man. They cannot reproduce another Terminator movie because I think after after T two it's done. You can't do any more of that. That's why you know when they made well, RoboCop so, two yeah, another three now, you know. Huh? With uh Cameron did you know they're doing another trilogy with Cameron back on board? 
No. You're going, retcon, you're going to retcon number three out. From It's going to start after number two. Uh, Linda Hamilton's back. I hate uh, it. I, I, I hate it already. Hey, <laughs> you hate it already. I hate it already. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I I watch all those movies, like the Terminator sequels. But I sort of, I just think I'm going to be entertained. I don't see it as canon, you know. Like I'd see it as a sort of like multi-million-dollar fan fiction of that universe. Well, yeah, I enjoy them, but I don't, I don't love them like I love the first two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, like for me, you know, I, I like T three. T three is fine enough, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, Terminator one and two are, 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 you know, the the pinnacle of the series. And you know, I, I walked out of Genesis. I thought Genesis was garbage. So you know, I just. <laughs> I, 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 it's weird. You, you just cannot. It, it's like I was going to say before. You know, they they made RoboCop two. RoboCop two, I thought was fine. It's fun. I like it. They cannot reproduce RoboCop. It's just not going to happen. You know, and obviously RoboCop three, de- definitely not going to happen. You know, they try to go into a different. They try to go into a different sort of area. Um, um, I mean, um, I've got it. I've got it sitting there, number three, but I can't even remember it. I've oh go, man, I've got to go watch it at some point. Yeah. I love. I, I love to hear your thoughts good. on it. Okay, yeah. Well, I'll uh, I'll send you a message. Uh, I, I haven't watched it for years. Like I bought the trilogy on Blu-ray. Yeah, I have like ten dollars something at the pawn shop. Yeah, pretty cool little buy. Mhm. Yeah. So you know I, something else that I, that I liked about Robocop? Um, it's just his sound. That he, like the sound design on the movie that oh, he makes, you know. Like that first scene when he, he gets up in the in the cop shop and he walk, he's walking behind, sort of like behind some opaque glass and you hear him come... Oh, that's awesome. You know, and the whole, the whole sort of... Cop, cop shop stops and like, like what the fuck is coming down here? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Doesn't he like he he says? I forget. I think he says like he just wants a car. Like I've got there's a crime going on, and they throw him the keys. He just catches it and goes out. Or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. The the, the captain's just like the you know car number whatever. He just throws him the keys and he catches it. He just takes it off and fucking takes care of his crime. You know, it's just um, yeah. yeah. You know, we grew we grew up in a cool time, man. You know, we don't we don't get fucking movies like RoboCop anymore. It's just uh, it's a it's at the right time, right place, man. And uh, we're never gonna get fucking RoboCop ever again. That's just mm-hmm. one of a kind. I mean, yeah. people. I, I guarantee you, there's some people out there that are watching RoboCop right now, or have Robo, have watched RoboCop recently that are completely offended by RoboCop. It's either too sexist, it's too racist, it's too violent, whatever. But I think that was fucking Verhoeven's point. He's making a point. Yeah. Yeah, it is too oh, sexist. Yeah. It is too racist. It is too fucking violent. That's my point. 
Like it's it's a bad thing, but at the at the heart of it, there's a good fucking yeah. story there. You got to fucking dig in the layers, several layers of all this awesome action, yeah. violence, um, you know, nudity and fucking depra- depravity and everything, uh, and get to a fucking yeah. it's awesome like, story. Um, it's showing like a sort of a, a degradation of the whole society is going on from yeah. like the. The bad guys just being so amoral, you know, like the way they laugh, like they shoot, shooting, they're shooting him with shotguns, and they're laughing like hyenas. And yeah. Where they're like, they own the city. They're, they're, down, they're downtown when he gets those. Yeah, they get those military weapons, like these big guns. They just fucking <laughs> shoot whatever they want. Yeah. He's like, you see my new car, man, my new wheels and shit? Says, yeah, watch this. He fucking shoots it, blows it up, and they all laugh at him. <laughs> and, and then he goes, hey, oh, that's right, and that's when Emil goes, hey, give me a go of that. He shoots it, he goes, I like it. Yeah, that's so good. Fucking crack he shoots that fucking, yeah, what's the same shoot that he brings up that fucking uh, brand new fucking X, XUX 3000 or some shit, and then fucking email comes up, well, I think it's I think it's um uh what's his name from fucking seventy show um uh what you know, what's his name uh Boniker comes up and uh, fucking blows it away. And then, come on, Clay, that's right. what the fuck, man? Come on, he's just like fucking pissed off, and it's just, like it's all a joke. It's just that's the crazy part. It's like they all think it's just a joke. Like they are literally roaming free with like high yeah. power powered fucking technological guns from the police department and they're just just yeah. laughing. They got a GPS fucking system and they're following Robocop and just having a great fucking time. And you don't see fucking villains do shit like that anymore. You don't see them do like that yeah. shit anymore. Not at all. Like they throw they throw one of their own guys out of the car onto Robocop's car when they're chasing him. Yeah. Like he exactly. doesn't give a fuck. He goes, what do you say? Uh, hey, can you fly? Can you fly, hey, Bobby? Can you fly, Bobby? That's yeah, it. I fucking throw them out there. It's like, damn. No, Clarence, don't do Clarence. And fucking throw them out there. It's just, it's a trip. You don't see these fucking violent, uh, merciless fucking characters, villains anymore, man. They're, yeah. they're it's a, it's a, a right, like I said, right place, right time sort of situation. They don't make them like that anymore, man. It's crazy. Yeah. And Robocop, but maybe it's not only like to see when years you're seven ago. years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The cinema. When you're an innocent little dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they made Robocop cart they made the Robocop cartoon show. I mean I remember watching that when I was a kid. I mean they, Really? Yeah, they made Robocop for kids. Now that's for, one thing that we never had in Australia. Oh, you never you never had that? No, uh, I don't think so. Like, we get a lot. We get most of the TV shows you have over there. We get over oh. here because it's cheaper. Like, I think it's about maybe sixty, about fifty-fifty American and then Australian content. It's a lot cheaper okay. to just buy a show from there okay. and then show it and make a whole show. You know. Well, I, re- I, but, I, uh, I we never I, had that one. I highly recommend you going to YouTube. Like after we do this show. And looking up Robocop, yeah. Robocop cartoon on YouTube, and you can watch it. I guarantee you, um, it's it's a trip. 
It's just like, or even like the Rambo cartoon show, man. It's it's, it's crazy. You know, we Rambo have cartoon. yeah, it, it, but like Rambo, you know, First Blood is, you know, First Blood, the original ending was fucking Rambo committing suicide. So I mean, it's, it's oh it's, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's a trip that they made a fucking cartoon of both. You know, <laughs> this Vietnam vet who commits suicide. You have a you have a uh, a cop. Who is basically murdered and turned into a cyborg at a cartoon show? I mean, it's it's you don't get this shit anymore, man. It's, uh, it's one of a fucking kind. It's incredible. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, hang on. <clears throat> Just remember something. Um, since you're such a big fan, I was going to ask you because I've seen these around a little bit. Uh, the there's a TV show that came after it. And there's a, there was also a couple of made-for-TV movies. Yeah. Um, and when I was looking it up, they were made in Canada, apparently. Yeah, it Have was. Have you seen yeah. any of those, and are they any good? I've seen them all. Um, yeah. They're all terrible. All of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're, 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 dude, you will, you'll get some laughs out of how bad they are, but they are very bad. Yeah, there's even okay. um, I believe there's even an episode. I think, I think there's four of them. Um, there's one episode. Yeah. There's one of the episodes that actually has a um, Murphy actually had a different partner at one point, a uh, a black cop, and this black yeah. cop is named Cable, and they actually, he actually Cable. gets he actually gets killed the same way that. Um, Murphy gets killed, and um, you have a black RoboCop, and you have a regular RoboCop, a white RoboCop, fighting with each other. And it's the worst yeah. shit you've ever seen. I guarantee <laughs> <laughs> It's the worst, man. It's fucking bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's uh, did he, what, was there, I mean, I don't know if I'm tripping, but was there a part in RoboCop when... Uh, Lewis is sort of creeping up on the bad guy, and she's mm-hmm. looking behind the thing. And then, and then he's coming, and but he's like, so you can't fucking, he can't creep up on them. And she sort of looks at him like, oh, this creeping up shit isn't gonna work. I've never seen that before. No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I think it might have been in my head, but <laughs> you'd hear the two RoboCops coming, eh? Like uh, RoboCop and Black RoboCop. Wouldn't be able to fucking creep up on anyone. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, man. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't. There, there's even a um, uh, a Lewis character in the in the show, the mini. Well, it was a mini series. There's even a Lewis yeah. character in, in there too. She's pretty bad. It, it's a it's a really bad. Produce show, not um, not not yeah. the same not the same actor. No, not at all. There's no Nancy Allen. There's no Peter uh, Weller. It's all new people, and yeah. it's bad, man. It's real. It's really fucking bad. But I recommend you watching the first uh, episode of the miniseries though, just to see how bad it is. Because it'll blow, it'll blow yeah. your fuck. It'll blow your mind how bad it is. It's incredible. Oh, it's I'll, like, I'll give it a look in. 
Yeah, I, when um, Netflix just started uh, back in the day when they used to send out discs, that's when I first rented it. Yeah. I, rented, I rented it through uh, Netflix Disc, and um, I was like, wow. I was like fucking like 18 at the time. I was like, what the fuck am I even watching right now? This is terrible. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was like just one more thing I had uh, in that I can think of about Robocop. Um, yeah. I would say um, there's like the little touches they do with um, say like when he's he's there and he's um, I can't remember if it's when he's first waking up but or not but he's having the bad dreams about being shot. Yeah. Death, and he's still, he's just um, starting to wake up. Like, and the way that he acts that, he's like, he's moving back and forth and he's grimacing on his face. But I thought that was really well done. Oh, I agree. And uh, I agree. When, um, also another bit, when he's first waking up, um, there's a shot, which is great, that I think uh, his wife and kid are there out the front of his house and the shot is just backing up it might even be when he's on the um, operating table but so they're just disappearing into the distance mm-hmm. and like he's, it's like he's backing away from them yeah and I thought that was just like a really like well done um, sort of you know uh, representation of of you know, someone who he might be like actually fading away and dying, and the last—that's you know the thing he's thinking about the most is his family, and it's just sort of fading away from him. Yeah, um, I know. It's funny. I had a certain—I had a, like a bit of a dream like that too when when my dad passed. You know, like of he was standing on the back of a train. In a sort of like in a tunnel, and it was going forward, and he was it was going sort of around the corner, and I'm like talking to him, I'm like waving at him, and then, but once that fucking train went around the corner, it's like that's it, he's gone forever. Um, so that re- that shot in the movie, I, mean, I know that sounds pretty brutal, but um, that shot oh, in the is. movie really affected me, you know. Yeah, my just speaking of that, it kind of reminds me of my my sister actually had having a very similar dream of our dad like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, see, there's things like that that um, there's an idea of of shared dreams. Like I was looking into dreams a bit when I was um, doing this on that book that I wrote, novella. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of dreams in it. Um, there's these ideas that these these shared dreams that we all have, uh, all humans, like even from uh, people in like a that live in the jungle, like a jungle society, or and people all over the world. Um, and that's that might be one of them. Um, there's another yeah. one which um, we were talking about uh, maybe doing into darkness. Um, yeah, is a, a dream that people have. Like my mum's actually told me about this dream of um, 
someone's on, on in the bed and it's like they have that sleep paralysis. Yeah. And yeah. they think they're awake and they wake up and they look at their door to the bedroom and there's a, a figure standing there, like a, a dark figure. And the yeah. lights, you can't see their face, but the light's behind them. And, you know, you like sort of point at them or you go, you, go, ah, you want to scream and you can't scream and then you wake up. Yeah. Um, that image is in uh, Prince of Darkness, where there's that sort of devil yeah, the video silhouette of the devil. Yeah. 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 Um, that's one of those images, you know. But um, I, I, and I read about that on the internet. I like, it's one of those dreams that people have, like a I forget the word, but it's like a shared shared image. Yeah, yeah. People have. It's a group, a, a group, sort of group image of. Um, of a certain um, travesty happening. Yeah, I, I, I've heard of that before as well. And my sister, seeing before, my sister had a sort of similar dream of my, of my dad. So very interesting. It's it's very terrifying and fucking and print the darkness scares the shit out of me. But um, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a it's a fucking scary thing, man. I agree. Hey, um, I was just thinking, man, do you want to hear about my dream I had, which is the coolest dream ever that I had? Sure, yeah. Um, I thought you might like this. So, um, I'm in, uh, it started out funny, and then it, it got, like, cool. It's like, a really weird one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going, like, so I'm doing community care, so... I work out in the community, but another job I could do is to work in nursing homes. Yeah. And um, my girlfriend at the time, she was working in there. I had this, there's this thing about a lot of the workers in there, you might get, out of 10, you might get one male. Uh, so mm. I had this sort of dream about that. Um, I was, so I'm going to work. I'm in the car with my girlfriend and two other girls, and I'm like, it was like one of them anxiety dreams. Like I'm like, we're going along, we're nearly there. And I'm like, oh, hang on a minute, I forgot to put my pants on. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. so there's like some clothes on the on the floor of the car. I'm like, yeah. oh, there it is. That must be it there. So I put it on. I get out of the car, walking along, and they all start looking at me and laughing at me. And they're going, I look down and it's like, it's not pants, it's a dress. And I'm going, oh, shit. What the fuck? <laughs> And everyone start, there's all these people there on the side. They all start laughing at me and shit, so I'm like, well, fuck this. I'll take the dress off. So then I'm just in my underpants. And then I'm like, yeah. well, my pants must be in the car. So yeah. I go, I go but, oh, then they're there. They're in the nursing home. They've already gone into work. I'm like, oh, where did that girl go? I need to get my... I walk in there. I'm in my... <laughs> I'm walking around the fucking... The nurse name I'm going, where did that girl go? The big stocky one, like she's got. <laughs> I need the key. I'm fucking in my underpants. I get laugh at me. I get. I know, but there was a fucking dress there. And I can't help it. I'm sorry. I need my pants. So, 
So then, I, anyway, I go out of there. Yeah. And I end up going into some room, and um, then I like I'm chucking a piss in there, and then one of my childhood friends is there. Oh um, shit! But he's he's fallen on some hard times now. Uh, he's like yeah. he's into drugs and that, but for some reason he was in the dream. Yeah. So I'm thinking like that first part of the dream was about like uh, me what worrying about like working in a, a sort of female uh, oriented field, and then it turns into like a macho uh, over the top thing. But so my <laughs> friend is there, then these people come in, and they're like drug addicts and they look like zombies and shit. And he's like, my friend goes, don't worry, mate. We'll fucking sort these guys out. So we're <laughs> fighting those guys and we're bashing them. It's like I'm stomping this guy on the head. And we run out and now these bad dudes are chasing us. And he goes, come on. He, he goes, my car is just over here. So I'm chasing my friend. He goes to get in his car and then uh, it's like the interceptor from Mad Max. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I pull out pulls out a gun he goes watch this and we see like the bad guy's camp is over there and he does something that's like out of like Half-Life 2 or something where there's this big <laughs> gas tank up on the top of the this big gas tank up on the top of the hill he shoots yeah. that and it rolls down and it blows and then it's on fire rolls down and it blows up on top of the bad guy's fucking village and then they start all coming out in these apocalyptic vehicles like Mad Max and we're on the run, running, and like we're driving along. I'm in the back shooting at them. We're driving along. <laughs> wow, man. through this like fucking outback landscape, and <laughs> the bad guy is coming up in the truck, and he's dressed yeah. up like uh, bad guy, like uh, Vernon Wells, is it from Road Warrior? Yeah, man, Wes. Yeah, yeah, he's dressed like that. But it was Bon Scott from ACDC. Oh, yeah. I love Bon bad Scott, dude. <laughs> yeah, He was dude. the bad dude in this fucking Mad Max l- landscape. And then I woke up. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and this is bon like... Scott, man. Oh, Imagine shit. Bon Scott in Mad Max. It would have worked well. Like, I don't know oh, why I had this crazy. fucking crazy shit dream. But I swear to God. Oh, man. Any dream with a with Bon yeah. Scott is perfect, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Love Bon Scott. How much is that? Yeah. Well, um, so, uh, you want to fucking give your rating for RoboCop? I'm pretty sure I know what it's going to be. But, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know what it's going to be now. Yeah. So five out of five, man. Yeah, man. Love it. Uh, just a, a great, it's sort of like with that over-the-top um, violence, sort of like that grindhouse sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah, sure. It's gory, and it's got, like, good ideas, it's got a good, it's got heart. Oh, yeah. And it's got a great, perfect, uh, you know, main yeah, character. So, yeah, love it. Yeah, I, I, I'm you? pretty sure I'm bored with you, man. RoboCop 2 is definitely a 5 out of 5 because, you know, it's got a simple plot, but um, any writer 
uh, and director who can take that plot and create it um, in such a way to make this make it a big fucking awesome this sort of epic flick, which I think Robocop is pretty epic in a way. Um, oh yeah. If they, if they if they can take that simple plot and you know add yuppies to it, add this sort of futuristic sort of futuristic slash you know dystopia to it, um, it they, 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 did a, they did a great job, and to make it work off fluidly like it does, um, yeah, that makes RoboCop a fucking solid fucking movie. So yeah, man, yeah, yeah RoboCop, Dark City. Uh, you have no, uh, nobody has any sort of fucking um, excuse. Go watch RoboCop in Dark City. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, we don't think Dark City gets talked about very often, but you guys need to go check out Dark City because it's a masterpiece and more people need to watch it. So, yeah, yeah for sure, man. That's our good deed done for the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, there's no excuse, you know, yeah. fucking iTunes has Dark City to rent for HD or uh, standard definition for three ninety nine. You can pick that up there yeah. to rent, or you can buy the regular DVD on iTunes for $7, or you can buy the director's cut for 10 or if you want to be adventurous, fucking hit up some pawn shops or some half-price books. And I, well, half price books is over here in in, in uh, t- uh, America, but you know yeah. any sort of fucking like you know pawn shop or sort of uh, uh, trading store, guarantee uh, you they're going to have fucking RoboCop or Dark City. You have so many different platforms yeah. to find those two those two flicks. You have no excuse. So go pick them up. I wonder if it's on. Is it? Do you know if it's on blue? It is on blue. Uh, I've seen I've seen it on blue yeah. several times at uh, at Best Buy. I just never picked it up. And this is the director's yeah. cut slash theatrical cut too. So you get both editions on one fucking disc. So yeah, and it's yeah. always cheap, dude. It's always cheap. It's always like ten bucks. So I mean, you have a you know, there's no excuse to pick up either one of these flicks. So hmm. I know. I know RoboCop uh, back in the 80s was released on Criterion on LaserDisc. Um, if you guys want to yeah. try to find out, try to find a LaserDisc of RoboCop, uh, it's, it's Criterion. I'd recommend that because it's got some pretty great uh, Paul Verhoeven shit on there. Well, it's only Paul Verhoeven can do. Um, but there's also a double disc steel case edition of RoboCop. Um, on uh, I think it's on Blu-ray. Uh, it's got um, the theatrical cut and the Blu-ray cut. It's got tons of special features on it. So um, there's tons of fucking RoboCop uh, collections out there to pick up. So, and tons of stuff on them. So is there a is there a director's cut of RoboCop or special edition or something? Yeah, there's a director's cut of RoboCop. It's not super different than theatrical. It has uh, okay. uh, it has a, a couple. I would say probably it averages out about fifteen to twenty minutes of, of added footage. Um, there's more footage added into to the uh, uh, the board meeting scene uh, where a guy gets fucking blown away in the board meeting. Oh, yeah. Um, 
But there, there, there's not much of a difference there, but there is a theatrical cut, and I, I've heard, and I haven't seen it, uh, I've, actually, I've actually heard that the Criterion edition actually has some stuff added to it as well. But it was, the Criterion was only released on LaserDisc. So if you can find out LaserDisc, and okay. you have a LaserDisc player like I have, uh, you can find mm-hmm. a LaserDisc. If you, if you find one, pick it up on Criterion, because I've heard it's really, really worth it. Uh, it's got tons of special features on it. So, um, yeah, Robocop's been really well documented. Um, Dark City hasn't been very well documented. It's, it's it's pretty average for the most part. I mean, I was surprised that Roger Ebert and the cinematographer are the only commentaries of Dark City. Um, well, yeah, and he said, he said it was the, top, the best movie of the year. I've seen yeah. that on IMDb. Yeah, he was he was a big fan. Um, uh, but the the thing is, though, I was gonna say is that you know I'm not sure about the Blu-ray or the the Blu-ray director's cut. Uh, the Blu-ray director's cut might have a commentary with Alex Poyas. Um, and if you get a chance to listen to any, if you get the chance to listen to Alex Poyas talk about The Crow or Dark City on commentary, I highly recommend it because the dude's full of super like super. Uh, knowledgeable yeah, I'll do all that, that fucking model shit and all the way he he captures those his fucking like world in those first two flicks. Uh, totally yeah, worth. I've got um, yeah, I've got the crow sitting there on the shelf. That's another one I haven't seen for like ten years. Yeah, something. I'm saving that up. You know. Yeah, I watch the crow. I watch the crow every year. Um, it mm. is. Uh, it, it was. Uh, my dad rented it on um, what they call pay-per-view over here. It's like a cable access yeah. sort of thing. And uh, ever since that time, I've watched it every single year. Um, the Crow is one of my favorite, favorite movies ever made. So uh, it's sort of keep yeah. up, a keep, a keep a tradition. My dad, my dad loved The Crow. Um, always talked, always was spitting out fucking um, quotes from The Crow all the time. So. He's a huge fan of it, so I kind of just, you know, there are several movies that live that my dad lives through, and The Crow is definitely one of them. So, yeah. Oh yeah, I need to watch that. Yeah. The one I watched for my dad that was his favorite movie, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty much I'm watching it. I'm just in tears the whole movie. Uh, is Rocky? Oh yeah, like, Rocky's it just great. Blows me away that one of the top best movies ever made. Yeah, I, my, my my dad liked like Rocky. Uh, we never really watched Rocky together, but it was more like um, I think me and my dad was more like it was more James Cameron and John Carpenter movies yeah. than anything else. So you know, Big Trouble in China is the thing. They live, uh, Steve from New York, stuff like that. That was big. That was my dad's big things back in the day. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Terminator Two, Aliens. Terminator, uh, True Lies, all that stuff was, you know, that was all my dad. He loved, uh, you know, Commando, stuff like that. So he loved yeah. all oh, those movies. Go out heart, man. Cameron's yeah. my favorite filmmaker. Oh, yeah, man. Fucking Cameron's sure. the shit, dude. I mean, I would say, uh, you know, George Miller's probably uh, mine. George Miller's probably mine because, yeah, you know, yeah. of, the, of the Road Warrior and, uh, you know, but uh, George Miller was, um, I think George Miller's a pretty underrated director. I mean, he, he got some, he got some, he got some, you know, some buzz when when 
Fury Road came out, but I think he deserved it before that time with the other stuff that he did. But, I mean, you know. That that movie won more Oscars than anything else that year. Fury yeah. Road. Yeah, it won tons. It won, it won tons. I mean, who's who's still talking about The Revenant now? Which one I, best picture? I don't know. It was all right, but, but you know, I think it should have won. But um, yeah. what what trips me out is what is he doing now, George Miller? Like he should be sought after, you know. Uh, I want. Like, I agree. I know he hopes to make more Mad Max. Hopefully, yeah. that can get off the ground, and I can die happy, you know. Me too, man. I mean, the the wasteland is something I'm looking forward to pretty pretty heavily. But at the same time, I've been hearing that. Uh, George Miller was supposed to direct um, uh, Justice League International. He was supposed to be doing that, and yeah. that did, I don't think that happened. So I think I think that we're going to get it. Fucking Mad Max, um, the Wasteland before he dies. That's probably going to be his last thing. I think I think George Miller is going. Back, he's, he's doing a 360. He's coming back full circle. He's doing. He's going back to the thing that made him George Miller. And I yeah. think it's going to be the the last thing he does is Mad Max, and I hope I hope it hope is so. because you know George Miller is he's king man he's king to me I I mean I love Cameron uh, I love fucking Carpenter I love a lot, a lot of these guys but man, you know, Miller really when I was fucking you know thirteen year thirteen fourteen years old I saw fucking Mad Max and the Red Warrior and Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, I, I've never seen anything like that, and uh, I haven't seen anything since, man. Uh, fucking Rami had just yeah. showed me that stuff. I mean, that's, you know, the Road Warrior. I mean, come on. I mean, even fucking, even fucking. That's you just, know, Fury that's Road just as good a movie as um, as Fury Road, I think. Like, because I love Fury Road, but it was so ahead of its time. Like, it's a great action movie. Like one of the one of the best ever. Yeah, I, I I agree, and um, you know I think more I, I I love I love Fury Road, but I think one of the biggest things that Fury Road was Fury Road was missing was Mel Gibson, and um, oh, it, it, cool. it's okay. That was you know, hard Tom, to get used to. Yeah, yeah, but, you know Tom Hardy's great, but he's no Rockatansky man. Rockatansky is Mel Gibson, and uh, you know I can imagine hearing Mel Gibson say, oh, "Man." Those fucking great lines that are the beginning of fucking uh, Fury Road, you know, I hear them right, warming their way back in the blackness of my mind. All that shit, that that, that opening yeah. monologue of Fury Road is one of the best fucking monologues ever written, yeah. dude. I, Such a badass. That helped me straight away. Yeah, me too. I, I actually contemplated, I'm still contemplating whether or not to get that tattoo on my body. I love that that whole... Max monologue in the beginning. <laughs> it's so bad. You know, my, my world is fire. Blood. That would be a badass tattoo, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I thought about getting the whole back tattoo, the whole, like, you know, uh, straight, um, straight, what does it say on his back? It's like straight uh, nitro, V8, all that stuff. It, it's, Tight, it's incredible. Tight tube blood or something. Yeah, Tight it's incredible. Blood. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's one of the best, like, to have Miller come back and Miller be so pure after like what twenty years or some shit, and come right back to Fury yeah. Road and just be like literally feel like a Mad Max movie. I, mean, I was in the theater jumping around and fucking just losing my shit in the theater. Um, it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
Yeah, I still I still watch that today. I was so happy to bring that shit home and show my son, dude. I, I've been showing my son, you know, the, the Mad Max trilogy since he was five years old, and this, they bring home yeah. fucking Fury Road and show him Fury Road just blew his mind. He's like, wow. He knows it's cool, dude. When you get it, when you when you have a little a little one for yourself, and he knows who Mad Max is. That's a cool feeling. He's like, yeah, it's not cool, as Mad yeah. Max. Like you're seven. So he's like, yeah, man, but the Mad Max is way cooler. I'm like, fuck yeah, Mad Max is way cooler. <laughs> yeah. So, listen, I've got one for you, man. Um, right, brother. I think we might have spoke about this before on um, on Facebook, but uh, there's an Australian movie that's come out a few years before Mad Max, and it's yeah. sort of in the same wheelhouse. Uh, and actually, you know the spiky cars in Fury Road? Yeah. They're based on a car in this movie. It's called um, The Cars That Ate Paris. Yeah. Yes. I'm really talking about Yeah, now, was, was I... Yeah, I, sh- I think I showed you the trailer, didn't I? You did. I remember, uh, it was you, yeah. and then it was El Goro who did an episode on it. Yeah. Well, man, if you, get a, if you can get a... You know, get a copy of that movie. Any Mad Max fan, it's it's quite a different movie, but it is that sort of uh, you know Ozploitation style um, car over the top car movie. You know, but in a different way. That in this, it's sort of like a a movie about uh, young people being sort of can be like. The young versus old, they're sort of like the monsters in the movie. Um, and they use cars as sort of like the bad guys. Like the, You don't see the drivers in these cars. Yeah. You don't. You just see the car coming and the cars are like, it's called the cars that ate Paris. Like they're going through buildings like they're fucking, um, you know, they're just destroying everything via the cars. And <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's a fucking great movie. Like, this guy, he gets stranded in this town. Yeah. Um, they have this, this sort of thing, um, this setup where people um, have the, have car crashes. And then this town, it sort of starts to, you see later on that they'll get that car and they'll cannibalize the parts and that. And they try to get the people there that, because it's just a dying town, so anyone... If you have a car crash, then you get stuck in the town and you can't get out. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty mad movie, man. You need to see it. Sounds awesome, dude. Yeah. And it's got that spiky car and it. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Kills a few people, like impales them, fucking blood and guts <laughs> everywhere. I love it. Good shit. A little bit yeah. of uh, car, car exploitation, huh? Yeah, like they, I've I've heard people say that no one shoots cars like Australian. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've always heard. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I, I beg I beg to differ a few times, but I mean for the most part, Australians are the only guys. You know, it, it, the only guys that can fucking uh, well, make them fucking pay. I mean, George George Miller done a lot of it, like just. The way he shoots it, like, from low, like, those tires and yeah. fucking yeah. everything like that. 
all that low, all that low visual stuff, like really close to the fucking blacktop, is. Whew, I love that shit, dude. It really, yeah, gets my blood pumping, man. I love it every day. Yeah, well, um, it's a, it's a like, it's a big country of rev heads over here, you know. We have oh, these, I didn't, um, I didn't know. These I car races, we we have the V8 supercars races, uh-huh. like to this day. To this day, oh, it's like a yeah. big, big sport over here. Oh, man. I love Oh, and remember, did you see the video I posted when, um, so the other day I'm driving down the road and I've seen this car. I told you about it, but I've seen it once before. And it's a, like a replica of the Interceptor from Ooh. Mad Max 1. You know, like yellow, yeah. blue, and red. Yeah, man. And yeah. I got my phone out and I recorded it. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Oh, man. I, I might... I'll try and post that to Cabal Corner. I would love it. Was it what is it? Um, military, military Highway Police? Is it MP, MHP or something? I forget, I forget what it's called. The um, the the, comp, the, uh, the 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 service that Max that Max works for. Only in the first flick. Yeah. But it's like MPR, yeah, MPHR, so, something like that. Yeah. It's that it's that interceptor, the first uh version. Well the interceptor's in the first one, but all those like cop cars that they drive, yeah. I love that color. I love the car. Yeah, no, that's I right. It's the car. it's the cop car. Yeah, they're they're badass. They're fucking amazing. Yeah. I love all that shit. I I <laughs> dream come true one day to actually find a body of a car that kind of suits that and get it painted up to look. Well, you know, I want, I want the Intercept. I want the Falcon, man. But the Falcon is a rare breed. They don't make those anymore. They're very expensive cars. The the actual Interceptor that Max drives in, in Road Warrior and at the end of uh, Mad yeah. Max. But, and fucking Miller brings it back in Fury Road, which is amazing. Uh, but um, they, they don't make that fucker anymore, man. That thing is expensive. I looked wow. it up on. Uh, I looked it up online. It's it crazy. They only made like they didn't make very many. They made Australia made a very limited amount of those cars. Mm. It's, yeah, it's a, yeah, Ford, well, it's, um, it's a Ford GX or some shit like that. It's a, it's a very rare car. Yeah. Well, if uh, you ever get some money, man, we'll do that road trip one day. Um, fucking! If you ever want to go overseas or some shit, I've got that uh, Mad Max museum. Dude, it's way it's out a, there where they shot the movie. Yeah, it's way gonna happen. It's gonna happen, dude. You're, you're. We're, we're mm. both still pretty young. Um, I told Joanna several times. I actually showed Joanna that the that link that you sent me. And I was like, listen, I got to go to fucking Australia soon. I got to go do this. <laughs> I got to do this before, it's, I, before I die. I got to do it. I love that. I love that you're such a, you're such a crazy fan like that. Oh, man, I love it. I, I, I can go overseas. I mean, <laughs> I've got to go. It's the same with me, man. I've got to go over there one day. I've got to go put some flowers on Bruce Lee's fucking grave. Or yeah. the, walk, the star on the Walk of Fame. Yeah. Um. That's what he always wanted to do was be a movie star. Yeah. Um, yeah. And shit like that. I've got to go to Universal Studios. I've got to go everywhere. Come visit you guys. I love it. One day. I love, 
I love it, man. You know, we, we still got time, dude. You know, like, um, I think about it quite often. Like, I think my, um, well, I don't think, but I know my, my son, uh, my ex-wife is taking my son to Disney World uh, here in January. They're going there and they're, yeah. they're going to do all these rides and shit, but they, they're also going to see fucking uh, Indiana Jones, like live-action Indiana Jones play. And, you know, I showed him Indiana Jones. He, he knows Indiana Jones because I showed him Indiana Jones. And it's like, he's going to go see this fucking live-action play, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'd fucking love to go see that. I can't, you know, because fucking Disney World is a yeah. lot of money. So, I mean, it's <laughs> it's tough, but, you know. Well, if I, I'm going to go see all that shit. I'm going to Disney World. Yeah. But if I ever go there, you know, like, it's a big trip, you know, so I'll make it sure is, I've yeah. got plenty of money. And I've yeah. got about a month or two just to go around and do everything. Because I, I feel, you know, like I said, a lot of our TV shows and our movies come from over there, so yeah, you feel like you know America a lot, but you don't really know. But, no, um, no, yeah, it's cool to visit. That's for sure. It's, um, it's like you, you know, you 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 know, if I come to Australia eventually, which I will, um, I don't want to stay, I don't want to stay there for a weekend. I like to stay there for a oh, week, a week, a week, and a week and yeah. hang out and hang out with you. And we could do the fucking yeah. the cross country thing, see the Mad Max thing, and then also also just hang out. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of planning, but was, that was funny. It'll work. Imagine, <laughs> oh, we're driving out there, right? And I'll put a I put a frame on the front of my car, and we'll shoot <laughs> it. I'll have you fucking dressed up like with a muzzle on, like Mad Max. <laughs> Witness me, brother. <laughs> I'll bring my fucking um my my uncle uh bought me a fucking replica Mad Max jacket. I'll bring that with me. So Oh yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, I gotta I gotta fucking see yeah. a picture of that shit. He said he uh for Christmas last year he actually bought one himself. He dressed as Mad Max last year for his company party. He actually took he got he got the jacket, he got the uh MTH, uh I think it's the MTH uh badge. And I was like, dude, I gotta get that jacket. And he was like and like literally like the next week he I got in the mail the fucking jacket. He sent me the jacket. So yeah. That's I nice. uh, Yeah, man, it's my it's a prized possession of mine. I fucking finally have a fucking I was I was so tempted to cut the sleeve off and shit and put a fucking football uh, football shoulder pad in there and shit. You just wear it like that all around. But I'm like, nah, I love it so much. I just fucking wear it like it is. So, yeah. One day. Yeah, I've got a I've got a Terminator outfit that I wore to a um, fancy dress party. <laughs> Did <one> you? Time. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. Dude. <laughs> we made a little video, right? We made this little video because when I got there, there was another. It was an '80s party. There was I another guy video. dressed up as the Terminator. Yeah. You seen it? Did you post that video of you? You you walk up to the screen door and shit, like, that Akana? You put that video up? Yeah, yeah. Go, That's great. It's fucking yeah. great, dude. <laughs> I'll go, um, i go, i go, Sarah Connor here, and he goes, I'm pulling out this little handgun, and he's got this big, <laughs> massive gun. I go, he goes, she's not here. I go, wrong address. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> We we were blind drunk when we made that man. Hey. 
all matters, man. That's like I can die happy now. That's my yeah. that's my uh, starring. That's my one role as the main as the lead <laughs> character. role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Well, hey, dude. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go crash, man. Um, but uh, this was yep. a fucking uh, great fucking time. Thank you so yeah, much for wait, sure, waiting man. for me to call Enjoyed you, man. I'm sorry I was so late. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, that's cool. Um, can I just say one quick thing before we go? Of course, dude. Yeah. Um, so we we put it out on Cabal Corner um, as a little bonus episode. Um, that thing I done, like it was an audio book of uh, the first chapter of my book. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Well, yeah, Jeff I just want to say, like, yeah, yeah. But if anyone was listening to that, I'm sorry. Um, what I found, because what I found out is how difficult that is to do, because the first chapter, there's no, there's hardly any dialogue. So mm. I did try yeah. to do the next one, but then I realised that shit, like these guys that do that, it's a real takes a real artist. Like you got to play out each character and shit like that. Oh yeah, it does. But um, so yeah, I had to. I can abandon that idea, but um, I want to do a rewrite on my book uh, soon, just to fix up a few things, and um, that'll be out soon. I'm still working away on a um, short story I'm doing, but so that was just like first step. But um, I'll keep people in the loop uh, when I put some new shit up. And, uh, you know, we we were talking about doing uh, a little anthology um, of short stories. Yeah. Do you think you're still going to try and write something for that? Yeah, I just started writing something, um, actually. Um, now I'll, I'll speak a little bit on this right now uh, since I forgot about yeah. it. But I actually came up with two short stories uh, to add on to the short stories that I have written, but I have to, I'm, I'm, I'm having to go back over these, these other short stories that I have written because um, it's been a while since I've written them. I don't want to go back and fix yeah. things up, but um, I'll tell you now, um, and whoever listens to the episode, don't fuck me over and try to steal steal me and fucking Dane's ideas. We're, we're holding you in confidence because, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, <laughs> this is this could be our no, fucking no. light. This could be our light. don't have to worry about but um, yeah. I just came up, um, I just came up with this idea for uh, a story called um, Rat Ritual, like rats. Yeah. Uh, about this, um, okay. I took I took the um, I, I took some ideas from uh, David Cronenberg's. Um, well, not not just David Cronenberg, but uh, uh, David Burroughs. I think it's David Burroughs' um, uh, Naked Munch, and. Uh, I made it about this character who's a, a fumigator, um, fumigator for bugs, um, ends up going to um, a, a, a new office building and going to fumigate uh, the building. It finds out that uh, uh, certain people uh, live underneath the basement through a smaller door and uh, have become one with the rats. And actually... Uh, uh, I love it. Yeah, one of, they actually... Uh, actually become uh, 
they want to become rats, so they actually morph their body. They actually kind of carve their. There was another idea from like Ghost of Mars. They actually carve their bodies out to be to look like rats, and they worship rats. Uh, I just started working on that one, and um, I have another. Oh, I got, yeah, I got another idea called uh, Midnight, the Midnight Show, um, which is about yeah. a about a homeless man. Uh, a homeless vet, a homeless uh, veteran um, yeah. who um, finds out all of his homeless all of his homeless friends are have started going uh, going missing, uh, and I actually took uh, a little bit of inspiration from uh, uh, Clyde Barker's um, The Midnight Meat Train, and uh, find oh, out yeah. that they find out that um, underneath uh, New York City uh, is a uh, a heavy population of uh, your business, your 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 um, Wall Street sort of uh, douchebags that put on a, a puppet show every um, every week. Oh, but uh, instead of, instead of a puppet show, it's actually a human puppet show, and the human puppet show is uh, full of homeless people. And that's so, the homeless uh, dude. Oh, yeah. that's <laughs> fucked up, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, um, um, thank yeah. you. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, maybe I'll, I'll give a little taste of this short story I'm working on, and then uh, we can Do get it, off man. the phone. Um, so this one I'm working on is uh, based on a new science that's uh, coming out where they're, they're trying to grow meat in, uh, in like, factory-like conditions, like, yeah, they, you know they use uh, they're using stem cells and they they make like a, a collagen matrix. They use three D printers. Yeah, and they have yeah. like a in nu- nutrient solution and they're shocking it so it makes the muscles work and it slowly grows muscles and mm-hmm. and they think in one day they might be able to make be able to ma- make meats cheaper than having a farm. You know, yeah, and you know you can see. You can feed more people in the third world than blah blah blah. Um, yeah. So my yeah. idea is uh, that's happening in a sort of a secret uh, research laboratory, sort of underground. They're working on a lot of advanced shit, and mm-hmm. um, one of the cultures uh, which is more advanced, it gets sort of contaminates the. Uh, one of the big vats where they're growing this meat. Yeah. Um, and so when eventually when they open this vat up, uh, it's been all mixed together. And um, I won't say too much, but that that uh, the protein meat has changed into like, they call it an aberrant strain. Yeah. So from there, it just turns into like a big sort of monster movie, uh, fucking like the blob or the scene. Yes. And uh, keeps going from there. So it's like a, a giant monster sort of thing. It's like a sci-fi horror. Type deal. I've got a, I've got a lot of the story mapped out and working on a first draft, and I've done all the research and shit. And yeah, I think uh, this will be better than my last one. Well, you know, who knows? I mean, I, it, I mean, I like the last one. I haven't liked the whole thing, but I mean. Whatever the last one is very good, and uh, you know it's it's all about it's all about that fucking learning experience, man. Oh, that's it. It's all Who learning, knows? man. You know, like, yeah. 
the mistakes I mean, I've made there, yeah. I can. I'm trying to do better this time, you know. Yeah, I mean, with, with me, uh, I'm doing this, um, you know, short story, you know, the midnight show uh, about a Vietnam vet. And I know nothing about Vietnam, but what I've learned from the movies. So, I mean, I'm basically just kind of winging it on that. Hopefully it sounds good. I'm not going to do a bunch of yeah. research, but, I mean, I hope it sounds okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I have, you know, uh, on top of fucking um, uh, Rat Ritual and uh, Midnight Show, uh, I've got the short story deer season of where, you know, a couple of deer hunters go into the woods end up coming upon a, a witch's hut where they're making a brew, a, a, a brew in a cauldron where a bunch of deer hunters have to fight fucking witches, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, I got another, I got another one. It's very heavily, um, reminiscent of phantasm called horror business. And, yeah. um, one called bad, called the bad house, which is very, 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 very influential from uh, I get tons of influence from this episode of Telstar script called uh, uh, what's the episode called? It's, it's a haunted house, haunted house episode with uh, Morton Downey Jr., which scared the shit out of me as a kid, and still does. Um, mm. So I think you could probably, if you wanted to, you probably go to YouTube if you look it up. Just look up Telstar script Morton Downey Jr. episode, and uh, it's yeah. terrifying. It's really good. So. Um, Morton Downey Jr. Yeah, he was old. He was like a fucking. He was like a uh, a Jerry Springer or some shit back in the uh, early nineties. Yeah. Cool. Complete well, piece of I'll, shit. You have to. <laughs> you have to let me read some of that stuff uh, one day, man. You'll sure. be the first, man. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, keep going. Yeah. Like, take your time, and um, as you know, it's hard to find time and the energy to do it, but. Um, I'm I'm getting into it like where see I was uh I was a bit pissed off that I didn't make as much of um a splash as I I thought I might just I didn't want to do much with my book but it's like you need that's just a starting step, you know. So yeah. you need to like I wasn't that worried about it, but you need to just do it for the enjoyment, you know? Just Agreed. do it to to do it. Like, because you love it. Yeah. And then as you get better, you know, something something might hit, it might not, you know. It's hard to control. Yeah, for me, like, you know, for me, uh, these, um, you know, most of these stories, uh, I'm trying to make them as a, I'm trying to make them uh, as brutal and as violent and as visceral as pro- as possible. So I'm not... Yeah, I'm trying to make them uh, just really gross out, fucking stomach churning, you know, as nasty yeah. as possible. So yeah, I'm trying to take my time on them and try to to, to collect as much you know sort of influence as possible uh, to throw into detail for most of these stories yeah. because I, I want to I want everybody to feel the gushy, sweaty, slimy fucking <laughs> yeah. all that. I want to feel. I want to. I want them to smell the fucking, you know, dirt and dust off the fucking racks, off the, off the racks' yeah. fur, fur. It's like, um, you know, extreme so. horror, they call it. Yeah. Like yeah, me, yeah. I, I went dark in one part of my book uh, where I sort of had a massacre in a chemotherapy fucking ward. <laughs> the people yeah. that are already sick. <laughs> Damn, dude. 
<laughs> that was about the darkest thing. <laughs> Woo, that, that's fucking that dark? brutal. That's brutal, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking dark, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I mitigated it somewhat. Like, I won't go into it too much. I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I can send you the latest uh, version if you want. Well, yeah. Um, you can send them to me. That's cool. Because um, I want to send you my shit once I get it fucking... See, to get a rough draft, I want my, I want my yeah. wife to read it. Well... Oh my wife! My wife can read it first, and then I'm going to send it to you because you know my wife reads quite a bit, and um, you know you're writing, so I want you to read it, check it out, see what you think. So, but, um, yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, man, I would love it too. Um, it's just you know, it's like you always say, it's like you said to me before. Um, it's really hard once you get home after a long day to actually sit down, focus, and really put a yep. lot into what you want to what you want to talk about because yeah. mo- literally most of yeah. my writing most of my writing has to do has me sitting in the shitter at work and I'm finding my best <laughs> my best my best time to write is on my notepad. Yeah. And, you and need on um, one thing. So, if I could say one thing that helps is to with being creative, like get a good night's sleep. I know that sounds mundane and that, but it's a, it's a workout for the brain. And um, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, you're right. You're I right. find writing really makes me tired after a few hours. Um, yeah. So you need to look after that brain, and sleep is one of the best things. Yeah, and you, the more sleep you get, um, you know, possibly you're able to work. You're you're able to use that brain to its its, its it's the most extensive power, and you're able to come up with yeah. cooler, more inventive ideas. You know, this recently, that's why that's how I can't, that's how I've come up with uh, uh, the two new short stories that I've been that I told you about because I got I've been getting some pretty good sleep lately, and I was able to come up with some really cool ideas. So, um, well, for me, they're cool ideas. So we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, I you know for me, I've had a lot. Oh, well, thanks, man. But like you know, I've had a lot of writer's block recently, and for a long time now. And now recently, I'm just like, yeah, I want to fucking get back into this. Let's get back into writing because writing is what I love to do. So, awesome. All well, right, man. Well, well uh, it was great talking to you, mate. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, more people will see Dark City. Yeah, um listen, if I cannot if I cannot get Cornelius on the show next week for the first three original Planet of the Apes films, you wanna be on? Yeah, man, I'll uh I'll be into that. But um yeah, I'll see how you go. Okay. Um let me know. I love the movies, but you know, we'll get we'll get together whenever, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 if if you don't come on that show for Planet of the Apes, um, we're gonna have, me and you're gonna have to do an episode just talking about fucking short stories that fucking influenced us. So. Yeah, and and your music too, man. Oh cool. man, both of our music, both of our music, fucking um, uh, 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 music, you know, bands that we look up to and our influences and shit. We should both do it together. Yeah, I mean, like. Music you you do and that sort of thing. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll get into that. I got lots of influence, man. <laughs> lots of influences. Yeah. All right, yeah, man. And, uh, if I did it earlier, uh, congrats on getting married, brother. Thank you. Uh, wish you all the best. Thank yeah. you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I'm 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 very happy. I'm very happy. So things have been going really well, and my son really loves really loves my wife. You know, he, he's known her for about four years now. That's, that's quite a long time. So. He really, you know, looks up to her, looks up to her like a mom, which I'm really happy about. Cause I was scared about that for a while, but yeah, I have no worries about that now. He's they're very comfortable together. They both love each other, and it, it's good to see them happy and giggling and laughing and shit and, and messing around and stuff like fucking, oh. you know, mom and son. So it's cool to see. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, man. It is, dude. It really is. I never really yeah. thought about it before, but you know, you make him a great point. It's really beautiful to see. Yeah. Cool. Well, all right, brother. Thanks for talking to me, man. All right, mate. Um, what, wait, then we got to do buy Mel Gibson's beard? Buy Mel Gibson's beard. <laughs> okay, see you, mate. Later, brother. All right, bye. bye.
взлетом разноцветных стен. Красивее нет тебя. Сегодня самый лучший Message for all the kids watching at home. Stay out of trouble.